This is Tabcast 48, and the only thing that stands between us and board game oblivion is the future of fast, small adventure games, a discussion of sci-fi disasters, and repelling the demonic horde in our playthrough review of The Other's Seven Sins. is tabcast 48 i am fred joining me is lady nicole hello <laughs> now i hope everyone is still proper belly full from their thanksgiving dinners because this is black friday that's why we're doing a game about demons <laughs> uh, so maybe if you're listening to this you're on your way to a black friday sale uh if so we at tabcast ask that you you know retain your civility and do not dishonor yourself trying to get unnecessary things. <laughs> That's only in America that we do that, I think. Do you I think don't know. So? Well, I don't know. I mean, do they do that in <clears throat> Europe and Canada and stuff? I mean, I mean, I assume so. Anywhere they I'm celebrate sure they Christmas. Have... I mean, but is it the same? I mean, is it the same crazy hucklebuck? Because they're obviously not celebrating Thanksgiving. I think That's... it is. Because you had that whole story about your friend that was in the UK and. Nobody would celebrate Thanksgiving with them. He was like, just come over for turkey. And they're like, mm, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. He, he was punishing them by telling them they couldn't celebrate Thanksgiving with him. Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> they'd come up, they'd, do, they'd say something. He'd be like, I'm not inviting you over for Thanksgiving. And they'd be like, you know, that's not very nice. We really don't like that. And he'd be like, no turkey for you. <laughs> I don't know. And then in Canada, they had it last month for their Thanksgiving. So. Right. Kind of ruins Black Friday, doesn't it? I don't think so. It, it, Black Friday has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, really. I know, but everybody already has the day off. Well, not everybody. A lot of people right. already have the day off because of, you know, they make it the fake Friday holiday. Nicole, what would you say is your best Black Friday score ever? Not having to be at work at four in the morning. That was the score? <laughs> That's the score. I thought you were going to say you got something on sale. That's the whole thing. I've never had a chance to shop on Black Friday. You've never I've... bought anything on Black Friday. No, because I've always had to be at work at four in the morning. I, was, I always worked retail. And then I got out of retail, and I still kind of do retail, but I, I don't have to be there until What time were you eight. at work last year? Last year? Well, our hours hadn't changed yet, mm -hmm. so I was there at 7.30. See, you should have scored a Black Friday deal. <laughs> Forget it. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd it's say, crazy. Uh, well, yours is not actually taking part in Black Friday. Mine is uh, probably when I got you your MacBook Pro. I did that thing where Apple, you know, is notorious. They're notorious for never discounting any products. Mm -hmm. And just one year before Jobs died, he just decided we're going to do a Black Friday thing. And they just discounted like everything like $200. And then Amazon matched Apple's $200 off mm -hmm. with their no sales tax and free shipping version of the deal. And I ended up saving like probably 300, 350, a little bit over dollars nice. on that, which is really cool. Very nice. Not bad Thank for you. never discounted item. For a computer that I always use. <clears throat> right. Yay. You never looked back. No, I love it. It's very nice. Right. <laughs> well, enough about Black Friday, Nicole. Just let's, we just want to ask everybody to be nice to each other today. Please. You know, when you and get back in the car, every day. listen, just let, let us take our aggression out on each other before. Instead Whatever. <laughs> Let's look at the cardboard of tomorrow, Nicole. 
steady your senses, listeners, as the clocks begin to spin forward, leaving your board game room behind and getting a glimpse into the cardboard, the cardboard of, of tomorrow. tomorrow. Whoa. It's a fast ride. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I want to start off with one I saw on Kickstarter. And this looks neat. I mean, but, uh, you know, like a few years ago, we had uh, a bunch of games come out that like had this t sort of timed element like uh, Space Cadets. Mm -hmm. uh, we had the Escape game come out, Escape the Curse of the Temple. Uh, those kind of games come out and they really brought timing back to the forefront of, of, of these hobby games. And there's, this is another one in that vein called Five Minute Dungeon. Uh, it is a timed game sort of like escape or zombie 15 which we of course played i should have brought up zombie 15 that was on our one of our episodes that was a fun game i liked it <laughs> uh spoilers but, i liked it i know <laughs> don't, don't listen to the episode now nicole loved it <laughs> no listen to it it's fun <clears throat> it is fun uh players will explore a sort of cartoony dungeon you know uh they play cards it's mostly a card game they're playing cards cooperatively and trying to, they, they keep drawing these monster cards off of a monster deck and they're trying to run through this deck in five minutes and it truly is a five minute game. Uh, they have a free timer that you can get with it, but you're like, you, you flip over a monster card and this is what you've encountered this time and everybody takes turns, you know, playing cards and matching symbols that are found on the, mar the monster to try to get a certain recipe. Uh, to beat him and eventually you get to, <laughs> to a, cook him right eventually you get to a boss and I, I know that you can do uh, each five minute dungeon is represents like a level of a overall campaign like dungeon and I think there's uh, yeah there's five bosses so each level has a boss so you can play this five times in sequence if you want to get the full campaign experience so in other words you can have an entire dungeon crawling campaign in, in a half an hour uh, hmm. So 10 different heroes come with the bo box and five different bosses. It ships in May. It's about $35. However, this is what's weird. When I was investigating this game, I found something else that was very similar that's coming out in December. It, I'm telling you, it's a dungeon crawl. Okay. It has a deck and it's played in five minutes. <laughs> okay. I'm saying it's like that close. It's called Dungeon Time. Now, the big difference is, uh, seems to be that there's challenge cards that are in the player's hands, and it sort of plays out challenges on the table that you have to overcome together out of people's hands, and you're trying to get through hands. So it may be a little bit more uh, related to the Grizzled, for example, instead mm -hmm. of like just this rapid-fire hands-of-cards management kind of thing. Uh, but you have to, when you draw cards back in, of course, it adds more problems to your hands and stuff, even though you're getting more cards to deal with cards that are already on the table. I mean... It's just, it looks like, uh, it, you know, it it's, looks like it's almost exactly the same thing. If you really just wanted to get one sooner than later, <laughs> it'd probably feel about the same. Maybe. Dungeon time. It was another Kickstarter, but nobody paid is attention it to it comparatively. Too? Yeah. Huh. Weird, right? That is weird. Two games. Both come, like one gets announced on Kickstarter, one comes out the next month. And they're that close. Dungeon crawl card game that plays in five minutes. Do you think they knew minutes. each other? Do you think someone cheated off the other one? <clears throat> I don't know. Somebody... I'm not, not that I'm accusing. I don't know these people, but... Either way, Dungeon Time is beating five-minute Dungeon to the punch. That's got to suck for them. Probably, but I, no one really heard about Dungeon Time. I ran into it on a upcoming list of games on, on Miniature Market's website. I like their website. It's a good one. It's pretty good. Especially those upcoming games where you're like, what's coming out? Oh, look at this. Dungeon Time. Five minutes card game. That's just like five minute dungeon that I had in the notes. 
<laughs> right? Yep. So that's that's when I have a coming up five minute dungeon. It seems to get a lot of hype. Uh, it's probably going another week after this podcast airs. So yeah, if you're interested in playing a five minute card game dungeon, I don't know how many stretch goals. I'm not I'm not actually backing it yet. But if you're interested in purchasing something for a loved one for Christmas, you probably ought to go with the one that's actually out and not being right. held on stupid Kickstarter. Right. Mm-hmm. See, I did it. I did it both ways so that you could be happy. How come you know you're not smiling at all? <laughs> 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 well, because it gets frustrating trying to buy you gifts when you go, oh, I, I I heard of one that I'm like, oh, he'll totally like that. I don't know when it's coming out. Yeah. It's Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you'll get it for next year. Oh, no, wait. You'll already bought it if you wanted I, I it. I kickstarted it. Why, why Probably. Would I, why would you buy it for me? Yeah. I, you don't even know what it is, but that's not the point. <laughs> it, Kickstarter gets my hopes up and then right. dashes them to the ground. That's right. what it does. Sorry. I know. Okay. Anyhow, it's not enough about me. Let's talk more about me. So I have oh. one game that I don't know much about, but here's interesting. I, I always find it really bizarre, like how marketing works on the internet, because I'm just a little older than the internet, like demographic, I think. What? So like, I'll I'll do like one search for one thing and all of a sudden, you know, you searched for paper towel holders. Here's everything your kitchen could ever want. And they just bombard me with these ads. Well, I got like a pop-up of Tasty Minstrel saying, here, you might like this. I don't know how it came about. You like Tasty Minstrel games. I do. I really do. But I don't know how they knew that on Facebook. Because Because I never even do anything with Facebook. You've been tooling around with your cookies on. But I don't. (laughs) I don't think I do. I don't know. I like cookies. Not these kind, though. They confuse me. But anyhow, Mm -hmm. so I got this little pop-up thing. And I saw a game that was like, well, that looks really cute. But I don't know how to pronounce it. Arse? Alchemia? Wait a second. Is it what arse? did you just call me? How dare you? <laughs> A-R-S. Right I at thought, the front of the episode, you're going to call me names. I thought it was a misprint and it was supposed to be Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Alchemia. Because there was this little chick on the front. It's like I, it's like some sort of, I don't know, butt potions? I don't know what. What are we talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. But I, bottom line, it. I so I did a little bit of research on it. Not a whole lot because, you know, I don't like doing that. Right. That's your department. Yes. And I t- I'm terrible at describing Welcome the Welcome to the research department. I'm really fun with playing the games. Not so good at telling you about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> it's like a worker yourself. placement. <laughs> Shush. It's like a worker placement game um, and a set collection game. Like both right. in one. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like a cheaper game. It's only going to be like 30 bucks. Right. And it's like I, I, I saw like a little pop-up for it. See? They know yeah. how to get to you. They got to me. I know. No, and so didn't. now you probably want it. You don't. <laughs> shut up. You don't even know. Um, but it says it lasts about four rounds or lasts four rounds. Um, each round kind of represents a year. And each round players take turns putting their workers on the action spaces to gather resources. Right. But it's not like where you can only, if somebody else has already taken it, you can't have it. You can just take more of your workers and put them on there and outbid. Like, you, if there's one worker on there, uh, you have to put two on there to be able to use it. Right. So you can still do it. It's just more expensive. Right. So you really have to plan around that. It's sort of that reminds me of the uh, the dungeon pets game where you yeah. can bid for turn order. Yeah, which is kind of fun. Putting I mean, extra workers on the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's like an hour long game, so um, two to four players, fantasy theme, cute artwork, really good artwork. Really good. Really good. Yeah. So that looked that was something that I thought looked kind of fun. Right. I don't know when it's coming out because I can never read any of these things. I was like, I'm looking at <laughs> looking at this going, wait a minute, it's already got 76 ratings. Is this out already? I don't know when it comes out. It doesn't tell me. <laughs> oh, and this is 2014. But it's not out. Right. Why does it say 2014? I don't know. 
So See, if you guys are, this is coming out soon, and if you're interested, it's called Butt Potions. It is not. It's <laughs> Arse <laughs> Alchemy. <laughs> <laughs> really, guys, terrible name. Terrible name. But all it right. looks fun. All right. All right. I got another Kickstarter. Okay. Now, this is, this is right on the tail end of us doing Harbor. Which right on was, the tail end of Arse. Oh, I, mean, <laughs> I know, on the tail end of us talking about Arse Potions. The uh, alchemy. No, uh, another Kickstarter from Scott Elms, the guy who did Harbor, is on, on Kickstarter right now. It's yeah. called Tiny Epic Quest, of course. He yeah. has to have tiny and epic before everything, doesn't he? Right. But this one's kind of cool. I thought they already did a quest. Nope. They did Tiny Epic. They've done Tiny Epic Galaxies, Tiny oh, Epic Kingdoms, galaxy. Tiny Epic Defenders, and Tiny Epic Western. Right. <laughs> Now, the only one I've skipped is Tiny Epic Galaxies, and that's the highest rated one, too. Figures. <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay. This is, a, uh, this is a little bit different. It's still competitive, so don't get it in your mind that you're getting a co-op adventure game. That's not going to happen. What? That was the first thing that popped into my mind. Right. No. No. Because when you think quest, you think, we're going on a quest together. No, you're not. We're going you're on a quest against, against each, each other. other. Right. Trying to score the like, most points and bring... Order to the kingdom. So we're going to play Mage Knight, the tiny version? Not not even close. Okay, just checking. Kind of. It, it's like this, okay? <laughs> not even close. Kind of. Actually, it's kind of close. But the, <laughs> uh, I win. <laughs> but not nearly as difficult. Uh, the Then we all win. <laughs> each player, I know, each player is in charge of a group of three adventurers. Uh, the game has a night and day phase, just like Mage what? Knight the board game. I called it. <laughs> now, during the day phase, uh, you will use your little adventurers to do, using various movement cards out of your hand, you try to achieve certain map positionings that are shown on these quest cards. So the map is like a bunch of, like, it's it's a set map, but it's like little squares, you know, as a grid. Mm-hmm. And if and these quest things you'll have will be like, oh, you need to be in this grid space, this grid space, and this grid space, and then you complete this quest. Hmm. But by being in those spaces, whenever it turns to nighttime, you have to overcome these the obstacles of, of that. Yes. That's one of the things that you overcome. I don't know. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> Master of the day, man. The uh, <laughs> No, during the, during the night phase, you have to... Uh, to do these, these, you know, adventures and stuff that you take part, that you've positioned yourself to do. Uh, so you'll roll dice at nighttime. So you play cards during the day, get these positions. Then you do like some upgrading of your guys and your stats. And then you roll dice Yahtzee style to overcome adversities found in positions like fighting a goblin. Uh, you learn a new spell or you explore a temple. Now here's the coolest thing in this game. Hmm. Okay. The game, you do have like a, your little adventures are just little standard meeples, except there's one thing different. There's a little tiny hole drilled in them and you can actually put little swords and shields, these little plastic swords and shields into your little meeples Aww. to show that they have these little legendary items. Aw, that's that cool? so cute. <laughs> and uh, at this game... Uh, there's going to be warnings on these boxes not intended for children right. under three. Don't chew on pieces ever. Right. <laughs> at the end of the fifth round, you add up points that you gained from killing goblins, learning spells, and finishing quests, obtaining your legendary items, and the highest points win. I think that sounds fun. I haven't, I haven't backed it yet, but I'm, I'm like this close. It's both a card game and a dice game, yeah. depending on the round. That's right. cool. Right, it's day and night phases. That's and awesome. And you play five rounds of both. I think that sounds interesting. See? Yeah, I'll play it with you. You you hate Kickstarter. You won't play it with me. Well, no, I I don't use Kickstarter because it's a pain in the butt. But once you finally have the game two years from now, I'll play it. Oh, 
it'll be out like next, I think it's next right. summer. So how's, my, how's that myth shipment coming along? Do you well, have everything yet? Uh, look, I got my first shipment from Myth Journeyman. It just had two of the same box instead of one of each of the expansions. And I've contacted them twice and they haven't contacted me back yet. Mm-hmm. And and all the Kickstarter bonuses don't come in until sometime in like late January. Mm-hmm. What? And when when was this one ordered? Uh, a year ago, last March. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. Or was it just last March? Uh, it was like a year ago. Right. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> don't, don't you dare. <laughs> so that's uh, <clears throat> the new Tiny Epic Quest. Right. Scott delivers on time. Every time I've ordered something from him, his stuff comes out on time. They're not... Okay. They're not like, I'm going to make 50 different sculpted miniatures and have China send them to me. But now they've got these little <laughs> tiny swords and shields. So really. We're doomed. <laughs> this is going to be, uh, is going to be wrapping up really soon after we uh, post this episode. So there'll be probably a late pledge uh, sp- like spot that you can get in on it, you know. So mm-hmm. all hope is not lost if you keep a, an out, like keep looking for it. You know, if it, you decide you want something. I've found that about Kickstarter as well. Is that you don't even have to really invest in the campaign half the time. They they let you jump in late and get the same amount of stuff, you know, up to like three or four months after the Kickstarter ends. Right. So it's not as it's not as timed as you think, except the stretch goal opening is. That's the only reason that you would do it. Yeah, but then I still have to wait for stuff and I don't like that. I'm too impatient. Well, I I want it now. I want my bean feast. You've said. I know. All right. My last thing I wanted to talk about, and I'm not, I don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but way back on episode, was it four? Oh, three or four. I, think I it have was no idea. Four, wasn't it? Or something like that? Maybe I don't know not. what you're talking about. We did Alien Legendary. Oh. Legendary Alien. Four. It was. was it, it doesn't eight? matter. Keep going. Doesn't matter. They've got an expansion coming out for it. Oh, I can hear it. That's our that's our clothes washer singing. That's, that's the, uh... my uh, <laughs> tablecloth for Thanksgiving feast right. tomorrow. Uh, so Legendary Alien Expansion is coming out really soon. I think it's supposed to be out in December as well. So this is another Christmas idea for people who have this game and like it. Uh, it's adding 400 new cards. Well, that's a lot of cards. Several new characters. And now they have a, 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 way, a new way to play. You can play as the Alien Queen. Uh, it was uh, episode seven. Yeah. So you can play as the alien queen, and they also give you a new playmat to play with. Ooh. I know. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> playmat. Okay. I love it. But that's uh, that's coming out really soon. I know that we really liked the theme of the alien card game. Right. And we still haven't played Predator. I've had Predator over a year. We, we still have not played it. Get it out. We'll play it. I can't. It. You won't play it. I got I... it out last time, and you were like, put that away. I don't think that's we're true. We're playing poker. Poker. Yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh that's all the cardboard of tomorrow i have you have anything else oh no no that's it <clears throat> well guess what nicole what this week we played a game set in a dystopian kind of future the planet is destroyed and ruled by demons and we are exposed to this quite a setting quite a bit as media consumers so let's find out what about that all these games have Okay. Now, Nicole, you said that you would like to list our top five post-apocalyptic movies. Like destroyed 
sci-fi like movies because that's well, the setting. Well, I know. Of this game. I specifically said end of the world. Right. Movies. Right. Right. And so, then you changed it to post-apocalyptic. So it's not necessarily post-apocalyptic. I've got. You said alien invasion movies is what you said. Five. Kind of like no, stuff. I did not say. I never said alien invasion. You said sci-fi kind of stuff. No, I didn't. I gave an example. It happened. I to got be some a good stuff. I'm just telling you. You just tell me what it is, and I guarantee my list fits. The point is, <laughs> mine started out as end of the world movies, so now right. I have five movies and a bonus movie that didn't end up fitting in the end. Fine, fine. What's your number five then? Since you're so. Do you tough. want the bonus? <laughs> That no, doesn't fit? I don't. We'll okay, talk, we'll, we'll, do we'll list our bonuses afterwards. We do, okay, my number five. Yes. In no particular order. Right. Oh, come on. you got to have them in order. <laughs> I don't like to. <laughs> Man do up, lady. <laughs> okay. Probably the worst one then. Miracle Mile, <clears throat> but still pretty good. Miracle Mile? Is that like a car lot thing? Have you not seen that? We have a, we have a series of car lots in Kansas City called the Miracle Mile. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Um, it's a movie. Well, it's not quite post-apocalyptic. It's it's going to be as soon as the movie's over, though, because you know it's I have coming. I have not seen this movie. It's got Anthony Edwards in it, the the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds, right? And Mayor Winningham in it. He played uh he played Gilbert, right? Right. The the list. <laughs> the guy, not that guy, the other guy, not Lewis. Right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he played Gilbert. Right. The guy who, who decided he was going to go get the microphone from the Alpha Betas at their at their uh, pep rally. Sure. And he's like, give me that microphone back. The taller nerd. <laughs> Take your hands off him, coach. I'll wring his neck if he doesn't give me that mic back. Oh. I don't remember that part of the movie at all. Anyhow, Miracle Mile. Let's talk about Revenge of the Nerds. I'm just Basically, <laughs> he he's in L.A. And okay. it's like middle of the night, like 3 a.m. Right. And a payphone rings. Payphones? What's that? Well, they used to have phones on the corners of streets <laughs> where you could make calls out for... And there was a crank on the side of it. For a dime. And you were like, started operator, out, operator. Started out as a dime, and then it kind of went up to a quarter at some point. Anyhow, so the payphone's ringing. He answers the payphone, and it's the wrong number, but the guy on the other end doesn't realize it. And he's telling this guy... The world is ending. The codes have been hit. I, I just, you got to get everybody evacuated. Well, everybody, of course, thinks he's crazy yeah. and he's trying to evacuate and word slowly starts spreading that the, that the world's going to end right. with a nuclear bomb. Uh-huh. And so he ends up meeting Mayor Winningham and they try and escape LA together. And of course, every time they try and get out, they end up right back where they started. Right. Like some God awful nightmare. Of course. And, uh, that's how you do it. And then basically, yeah, the world's going to end. So Right. But it's fun to well, watch that disaster Miracle happen. Mile. Miracle Mile. <clears throat> Cheesy, awful 80s movie. Kind of slow, but if you're okay with watching something, you know, really slow-paced. Because, I mean, the world doesn't end quickly. Just saying. Okay. What's your number five? The Matrix. That's not a... Well, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. Brace yourself. I nailed it. Dang it. I forgot about that. <clears throat> this one. is all around this is this is, you know, the idea of the matrix is all around the idea that is what you're experiencing right now reality or is it a simulation? You know, are you a brain in a vat and what would you do if you found out that you were? That's what the matrix is. Mm-hmm. And it it kind of, you know, goes from there into this sort of post-apocalyptic thing where you find out that yes, people are being treated like, you know, brains and vats. And being fed a false world. And really the real world is very near the end of the world. Mm-hmm. 
the machines have taken over. Cool movie. It is a cool movie. I like that movie. I forgot. <clears throat> another I one, about it. very, you know, it's another one of these trilogy kind of movies. And it's just reminds me on how when, when they start these trilogies off, if they are not clearly doing a trilogy, they how hard stop. they struggle. Because they'll, they'll start with part one and they'll say, I'm writing part one and that's all I want to do. Now, movies that it works in would be the Star Wars franchise. You can tell that episode four that came out and didn't say episode four whenever it was first released, it just said, you know, A New Hope or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, that movie worked because he had already written it as a trilogy. He just kind of book, he just bookmarked it right here at this spot where it could be just one movie and then that's it. Right. So that worked. I really think the Wachowski brothers who did The Matrix, I don't think they wrote a trilogy. I really don't think they did because those <clears throat> other two movies were terrible. I think they had the core idea, just like the guys that wrote the Highlander series did. They only had an idea of one movie and someone said, you want to do another one? And they were like, oh, what are we going to write about? You know? Mm-hmm. And then they try to expand on it and it just becomes ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, when I say the, when I say the Matrix, I mean the Matrix. The first one. That's right. all I mean. I don't mean any other Revolutions Matrix. Revolutions or Revelations. Ma- Matrix or, Revol- or some other title. None of those. Revative. Just the first one. Right. But that one's really fun. I like that. Me too. What's your number four? Um... <clears throat> My number four is another crappy 80s movie. And it was oh, actually crappy. Come on. Made for Somebody TV. worked really hard on that. Made for TV movie. Somebody worked. Oh, I'm going to guess. Wait. Uh, I know. I'm, that's hold what on. I'm, I'm going to guess. Okay. It's, it's the day after. It is. Yes. Set in Kansas City. <gasps> I saw it before I'd ever even been to Kansas City. Right. And had to watch it again after I moved to Kansas City because <laughs> I just thought that'd be interesting. And it is. It's really interesting to like go, hey, yeah, I do know where that is now. <laughs> I but, know where Lawrence is. No, just kidding. Well, they talk about Harrisonville, too. <clears throat> now, here's the thing about The Day After that's fun for me. It was it was put out on KSHB 41, Channel 41, which is just one of our NBC channels. ABC? It wasn't AB, in, NBC or NBC. It was, it was KSHB. It was just like this. Not it even. It was on a net. It was the network. I don't think so. Forty one yeah. was its own thing. No, it was. Because we no had way. four, five, and nine. Plus, there was forty one and sixty two. We 62. had KY three there. Be there, Clinton. Either way, <laughs> even though we were in either way, they when they broadcast this, our elementary school. I was in fourth grade, and our elementary school sent home a notice to all the parents that this movie was not to be watched by your children, and it would traumatize them if it did. If they did. And so I did not watch that movie. <laughs> I did. I wasn't allowed to. Okay, so basically what happens with that movie... <clears throat> yeah. I heard it's... I mean, still... Have you seen it? No. You've but still I, not I, seen I've, it? I have not seen it still, but I, I read reviews of it that said it's probably the most realistic representation of, like, atomic... You know, an atomic bomb. Yeah, basically the ever. bomb hits. Right. And in the Midwest. In the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like just set what would happen. And, and it's set just outside of Kansas City. Like the bomb hits Kansas City. Right. And so obviously it's not set in the middle of Kansas City because that's kind of gone at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lawrence is like, what, an hour? Not even an hour it's out. 45 minutes. 45 minutes out. Harrisonville is probably 45 minutes out. It's like from 30. 30. That's 45. Yeah, 45 from yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, from Kansas City. So mm-hmm. anywhere within a 45 mile, you know, 45 minute radius is kind of okay, like standing still, but it's the repercussions of an right. atomic war. And they talk about, you know, I mean, it's, it's, they show the blast and then, you know, talk about the radiation right. and you can't get a hold of anybody. And it's, I mean, it's pre cell phones, pre internet, all of right. that, but like landlines are down, all of that. I don't know how it worked now with satellites and things. I'm not that techie. Um, 
But it was creepy. It was genuinely creepy right. because, you know, it's we were all so scared of the Russians at that time. Right. We're still in the tail end of the Cold War at that point. Yeah. And uh, we weren't having, you know, in our lifetime, we weren't having Cuban Missile Crises or anything like that. But there was still this very, you know, <clears throat> very obvious armament, you know, and, and sort of, you know, guns pointed at each other feeling. Yeah. You know, there were movies like pro-American, anti-communist movies. Like Red Dawn. Like Red Dawn that came yeah. out Which in I this never, era. I never liked that one. Yeah? Do you know why I didn't like that one? Because it was goofy. Well, yeah, but you never like you never saw... <laughs> like the, the, There was no payoff. There's a payoff in Day After. They show you the, the little nuclear blast, you know? Right. Well, I don't want to see it in real life, but I sure as heck want to see it in a movie. That's the payoff. <laughs> right. So, anyhow, that's what I liked about it was just... The effects and stuff. Okay. Steve Gutenberg was in that movie. Lost all his hair by the end of it, I think. I think he might have died. I don't know. It was. Poor I mean, there was a lot of cancer going on with that, with radiation and stuff. Still not his Scary best movie. Scary stuff. Though. Sorry. No, it'd be short circuit. No, it's Police Academy. Oh, yeah, Police Academy. It's way better. You're right. That's the best Steve Gutenberg movie, and I'm just going to put my foot down on that right now. The foot is down. <clears throat> okay, my Your number turn. four is The Road Warrior. Mm. Because when I think of... When I think of any kind of world-ending movie or anything like that, I always think about The Road Warrior because that's just where my brain goes. If someone says the world ends in a movie, I always think about, for some reason, I always imagine The Road Warrior. I don't know why. It just is. Uh, it's really light on story. Uh, mm -hmm. Mad Max is a former cop who roams the wastelands after a nuclear attack, and he's looking for gas and food. And everybody's sort of like uh, regressed to sort of primitive and like savage-like people you know just trying to get by and he kind of encounters these savages and <clears throat> honestly it's like every he basically just fights with them a lot and it's always in his car and all the all the footage is sped up you know 15 20 percent so it really goes it really feels fast but you can tell it's sped up yeah you can tell it's not really what's going on uh but the final sequence is you know it's like one of these chase sequences that even rivals the movie bullet and, and just car chase scenes, and because it, it goes on for like, uh, I think it's over fifteen minutes. Oh my gosh! And it's it's like just this like got this slamming synth music soundtrack and just total vehicular violence. So much fun. Yeah, I watched that with you. It was okay. I like it. It's okay. I like it. I didn't dislike it. I don't think I saw it at the right time. I should have seen it. I mean, earlier in my life. It's it it falls in that category that's real special for me too, of you know we we remember getting cable for the first time and only having antenna and then going to cable and then all of a sudden you're being exposed to these movies without any kind of restrictiveness in their in their graphic you know full graphic glory and yeah. there's there's like mad max and i'm seeing him run over people in cars i'm seeing a guy try to catch a bladed boomerang and get his fingers chopped off. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i'm seeing all this stuff i mean it's it's really really graphic you know yeah so it was it was one of those shock to the senses kind of movies for me early on the road warrior okay um <clears throat> i'm gonna leave the 80s for a minute <laughs> i was I, my first one was what 90s then i did an 80s okay there you go okay so this one is uh 12 monkeys Oh, really? Oh, yes. Is that on your list? We're not going to talk about it yet. No, we're going to talk about it right now. Let's talk about it right now. My number three is 12 Monkeys. Hey, look at that. That's our <laughs> first ever. Ow, that was a weak that was one. terrible. Wait. Uh, uh. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get my sleep out of the way. Um, <laughs> Bruce Willis. Right. Brad Pitt's what's, what's fun, most fun oh part gosh, of this. Oh my gosh, Brad but... Pitt is amazing in that movie. <clears throat> 
Which is crazy, because like I'd had a pretty low opinion of Brad Pitt because I saw an interview with the vampire, and it was like, oh, well, that's depressing. So here's, he did here's, a terrible job. Let, let's talk about and why And then it's, he does 12 Monkeys. Let's talk about why it's good. This is the thing. 12 Monkeys is uh, set in a future kind of time. Terrorists uh, have introduced a plague that has wiped out most of Earth's population, and the survivors now live in caves underground. Uh, there's a convicted criminal named James Cole who is given a chance at pardon if he travels back in time to find a sample of the virus and as much information on the terrorists as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is probably Terry Gilliam's... Uh, it's probably his second best movie just behind Time Bandits by just a skosh. Just barely. See, to and me. I liked it just a little better than Time Bandits. Right. But Too bad. It's not, the same. not as good. It's that whole end of the world thing, though. So... <laughs> Right. Anyway. This but, one, uh, he goes back in time, though, and he meets, he Brad, meets Pitt, Brad Pitt, who's Pitt. playing a crazy person. He meets him in a mental <clears throat> asylum. Right, who seems like he's not important and becomes vital by the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but he's got, there's all these mistakes because the time travel's not perfect, and it's got that, Terry Gilliam has this real good way of presenting future technology in the most grimy and gritty way ever. It's just, you just kind of feel like everything has a like a layer of filth on it. Yeah. And everybody's just, you know, I don't know, like they're like they've. Cause everything's just falling apart. Right. That they're, they're falling apart. They're like advanced, but, but you know, not, not more advanced in, in cleanliness and hygiene. Which is always, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> that's kind of what he does though. Isn't it? Maybe he's a dirty guy. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, what a what a fun movie. Yeah, that one. All this botched time travel and yeah. and intrigue and stuff, and it's it's just really cool. Yeah. So agreed. that's both of our number threes. That's Twelve both of our number monkeys. threes. I'm so glad I said that as a number three. Right. What's okay. your number two, Nicole? Okay, that one. I'm going back to the '80s again. This one is uh, truly post-apocalyptic because the end has happened, and the only people left to talk about it are two teenage girls. <laughs> Oh my God! Is this Night of the Comet? It's Night of the Comet. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's they talk about that what killed the dinosaurs and there, what killed them was a comet and a comet's coming again. And it's like no, it was kind of an asteroid that like destroyed the world. But let's go with a comet. Okay, so this comet like doesn't hit the Earth; it just passes the Earth, and everybody's out having a big fun comet party. Except for like a few select people in the movie, they've trapped themselves indoors within steel enclosures. Um, one of them slept in a tool shed. One of them slept in a uh, a movie theater. And you're not even paying attention to me now. Yes, I am. Okay. Anyhow, but so they're saved from the comet dust that destroys everybody and turns everybody into dust. Right. So they wake up in the morning and everybody's just piles of dust and clothes and that's it. Is the comet dust like the tail of the comet? I have no idea. Because it doesn't smash into the Earth. No, it doesn't. It's, it's just, just... Yeah, the tail of it crosses Earth's atmosphere and, and sprays just destroys, cosmic dust yeah, over everything. Cosmic death dust. So <laughs> It's a huge stretch. It's, oh, it's such a stretch. But then there's like a bunch of people that were exposed to the comet but not completely so they're right. like slowly decaying and... right and it sort of turns into a zombie movie right? basically yeah but there's this brief moment this is why this movie's fun is there's this brief moment in there where they get the world is theirs yeah they and they can realize, do whatever they want yeah the, they're all that's left what do you do right and we've seen this again recently in that last man on earth show that we watch. Yeah. Where he has this brief moment where he can just go break in the White House and steal the art off the walls. Right. 
drive, you know, go get a DeLorean or whatever and drive around in that. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's what you would probably do is just anything you ever dreamed about doing, you right. would just go do because why not? What else are you going to do? Right. Now, Last Man on Earth has not had any zombies introduced, but this does just no. turn sort of like from a sci-fi disaster movie to a sort of horror movie, doesn't it? Kind of in the end, yeah. What's, I can't even remember what the res- resolution or re- like... uh resolution is but don't tell me because that would be ruining it for everybody listening i'll tell you about it later the 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 (laughs) actually i have it downstairs on dvd it really felt like an 80s uh teeny bopper kind of movie but i was a teenager when i saw like teenage girls to see a movie like what would you do if the world was all yours i go shopping Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) except for the one girl that went and played video games and was trying to beat the high score she was the worst character she was not that's what i would have done oh no you wouldn't okay (laughs) my number two the terminator the terminator is great because this is another time travel movie just like 12 monkeys except in this case the uh it is it kind of borrows from both the matrix and 12 monkeys because it doesn't borrow from either one they borrowed from it they both came out after but the uh in this one, there's a robotic uh, army that has taken over the world whenever artificial intelligence gets developed. This company called Skynet uh, creates a robot army, which eventually decides that it doesn't need humanity anymore, you know, breaking the law of robotics, you know, right. <laughs> of artificial intelligence and uh, decides to uh, send, like, basically in the future, there's this resistance of humanity that's starting to win. That's actually starting to figure out a way to get the to kill the machines and fighting back successfully. Mm-hmm. And so the machines develop time travel and find a way to send a machine back in time to try to kill the guy who leads this resistance. Hmm. That's what the setting of this is. And so what they're doing is instead of killing the guy, they decide to kill his mother. Right. A, a girl named Sarah Connor. Right? Right. And, uh, of course, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger's, I think, probably his biggest role that he ever played. Other than playing the governor. Well, I'm saying I'm saying in a movie. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can't think of anything I would claim higher than this. Conan, maybe? Um, Predator. No. Maybe. You can't even call, tell that guy's what name. He, what is, yeah, what is his name? Nothing. John, isn't it? It doesn't even matter. I think his name's John. It doesn't even matter. We're going to call him John. <laughs> Either way... Uh, it's it's fun because another guy, you know, there's a there's an agent from the future who comes back and follows the machine What's back. What's his name in the Terminator? And uh, T eight hundred. Okay. <laughs> but the uh, they they send another guy back right behind him to uh, try to stop this or thwart him, but he doesn't have any future technology. <laughs> thwart. You know, he has no future technology to deal with him, and he's not really. You know, nothing in our day and age really competes with it. You know. Right. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's. Gritty as can be, absolutely R-rated, unlike the future editions of this, like the the next one, which is probably the most popular, T2 Judgment Day, which was starred little Eddie Furlong. Mm-hmm. It it just lost it. Too many too many kids like me had seen it on HBO and fell in love with it. So when he went to go do a, a you know the second version, he said, "Oh, I need to tap into this kid audience that I found out watched it on HBO." And I not didn't realizing want, that they'd grown up a little bit. Not realizing that they liked a movie that was R-rated, not a PG-13. So we made a PG-13, but everybody, you know, loved it anyways. Right. Except for me. The only thing I was excited about that was that whenever they showed, like, the liquid, you know, the T-1000 liquid guy pouring around and stuff and taking all these different shapes, the only thing that made me excited about that at all was that there was a rumored Nintendo upcoming game system that was going to utilize that level of technology. Right. And be able to show liquid metal on the video games. 
I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, but in the era of, you know, Super Mario World and stuff like that, Pixelated. that was a huge deal yeah. to think that the next iteration of Game System would have that. But Terminator. Okay. Fun, gritty. Arnold, very serious. There's not any real joke lines. I'll be back. No. Was that the second one? I, I the only the only joke line I have is has curse words in it, so I can't. Say you can't it. say that. No. <laughs> okay, no. fine. What's your number one? Is it no? <laughs> no. <laughs> what is it? Um. Okay, my number one is a mini series, but I've got it all this on one DVD. This is a massive cheat. Is it? Is it a V? V. I don't no. Know. <laughs> That's like a no. <laughs> I don't no. know what is it. Lizard men coming. The only good part of V, and I'm going to spoil it because seriously, it's oh, like the only thing really? they ever talk about with V, was when the, the human lady has her little baby and all of a sudden it's got a little lizard tongue sticks out and then she ends up having another one and it's a lizard baby and it's got a human tongue. That was like the big end of night two or whatever. Night two. Yeah. <laughs> What, and then what's I, kinda, your mini I think I series? watching it what after that. This? Oh, um, The Stand, Stephen King. Oh. Yeah. That and one the, is about a potential end of the world. And it's the most realistic, well, no, okay, not realistic in the whole movie, but realistic concept of, oh. of something that could happen. Um, mm-hmm. It's all about a virus Like a flu-like a flu. virus. Yeah, basically. That, that goes it's just to the level flu. of lethality. Right. And there's some people that are just immune to it. They don't have any effect. You know, it doesn't have any effect on them. And uh, about them getting through the end of the world, basically. Then it gets a little out there because, you know, it's Stephen King. It's and... very biblical. Feeling. Well, yeah, he, he definitely does that with it. And he's got like the the good people going to Boulder and the bad people going to uh Right. You have like to minions Vegas. of God, minions of devil, and they all meet in Vegas where Satan never has call, a bomb. He never calls him Satan. He calls him the walking <laughs> dude. I know. But, but that's, it's the same thing in this one. You know, yeah, and you know, I listened to a whole uh, podcast talking about the movie, and then I listened to the to one about the right. book. It's the same guy; he does two different pad- podcasts, and I'm just going to give him props because I've really been enjoying his stuff. It was uh, now playing is the movie podcast he does, and he does a books and nachos was the book I just review to that now he does. Playing's all the Michael Myers, yeah, they've Halloween got like movies. a whole bunch of them. I really have been enjoying yeah, their their bad. stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was interesting because he's talking about like the comparison from the book to the to the movie. Like in the movie, they went to bad people went to Vegas. Right. Well, they it wasn't specifically Vegas; it was just the West right. in in the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but the whole like if you if you really pay attention, right. like the end would have happened exactly the same whether the good people would have gone to confront the evil or not. Hmm. They had absolutely no bearing on on the end of it actually happening. <laughs> but you just but that they got to witness it, and you got to really worry about them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So, but it's still, I mean, just, but it's, it's the, the first night of that, of that movie, the, the first episode of the miniseries, just, I don't even care about the rest of the movie. That first part right. just freaks me out. Right. So that's my favorite. I've watched that, that first night multiple times. Oh. The first two hours of that movie, like multiple times. You know what I always remember about that movie? What? I always remember Molly the Ringwald. guy. No, the guy who was always like he, he would just like they'd be like, "Hey, let's go get some cheeseburgers," and he'd go, "M O O N, that's cheeseburgers." <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. What's his name? I can't I remember now. He was the Moon guy. Yeah. All right, my number one, Nicole, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, nineteen seventy-eight. What? Oh, it's so cool. Do There's you remember nothing... that? Well, that's barely post-apocalyptic. It's not even but post-apocalyptic. this is about an alien invasion happening right now. Right. 
And but didn't we like beat him before they could even do anything? No. The effects are updated from the Ed Wood variety from 1956. And Donald Sutherland is in this one. And he's just so creepy. Hmm. And and the thing that's cool about Invasion of the Body Snatchers is this is like an end of the world thing because, you know, this invasion is happening and people are losing the fight and everything like And they they basically capture people. They, they, they kill you, basically, and then replace you with a clone so the people that are still on Earth don't realize that you've been captured or there's an invasion happening. And, of course, you know, mm. someone eventually comes across some clones, and the scenes are really tense. I mean, they just... There's, this is a, this is sort of a thriller. It's, it's really tense. It's a suspense kind of movie. And they're really well thought out, and when people run into their clones before they capture, it's just freaky, you know? Because, like, at some point, someone, you know... People get captured and then they escape, and then all of a sudden they get out and they see their clone walking around. And they have this thing that the body snatchers always do that always freaks you out: is that they always end up pointing at you and kind of making this kind of kind of scream, you know? I thought it was like scanners or no, something. No, no, it's body snatchers. Oh, weird. Okay. So much creepier. The 1978 Donald Sutherland one is is I think the best one of all of them. Okay. I like it. It's about the Earth being invaded, potentially ending. Potentially ending. But I, like I said, I thought that they beat him in the... What, you think, no spoilers? I'm not spoiling anything. Well, whatever. You're trying as hard as you can. Like, don't see his movie. I hate it. No, I'm just saying. I don't think it fits the mold. <laughs> oh, yeah? Which brings me to my bonus one. What's your bonus? It didn't end up fitting the mold because it's not post-apocalyptic. <clears throat> it was potential end of the world and the world did not end. Spoilers alert on that. Right. <laughs> Armageddon. I love that movie. Right. Because the world's supposed to end because the asteroid is coming right at us. That's your big bonus. Oh, my God. I love that movie. <laughs> I know. That's one of those weepy afternoon ones where I come home and you're crying on the couch. And I'm like, I don't cry yeah. at that one anymore. Like, get a <laughs> towel. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the one movie where I was like, okay, yeah, Ben Affleck. Uh-huh. Really? And then everything else, it's kind of like, eh, it's okay. And you're like Ben Hoofleck. Yeah, exactly. Well, but hey, another Bruce, Bruce Willis in that one. Yep. He likes the disaster. Right. Um... The only other movies I could think of in this genre that's a pretty full genre uh, is like Logan's Run, oh, which is really good. I just thought of another one. Uh, Demolition Man is post-apocalyptic, somewhat. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. There's been like ruins of the city and stuff that are underground. That was just in, that was because of the earthquake. Is it? Because now it's it's San Andreas, not San Andreas, uh... Los Andreas. What did they call it? San Angeles. That's what it was. <laughs> San Angeles. Okay. Well, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds, yeah. Yeah. I almost said Soylent Green, but that's not post-apocalyptic. That's just... Uh, it's just dystopian. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Have you noticed that like most of these movies are like, ni- like before 2000? Well, is it yeah, just because we're old? Or mine, is that because I don't know. Mine I don't really was, see a lot of movies like that anymore. Matrix was like 97 or 99 or something like that. Yeah. That's my l- latest one, I think. Like, 12 I 12 Monkeys cannot... was like 96. Terminator was like 84. Invasion was 78. Road Warrior was like 81. Yeah, I can't think of any like what would be considered classic movies or going to be classic movies that and talk about the end of the world that are more recent. They, or they, they just talk about the end of the world at all. I think they kind of ebb and There's flow. There's not that many. You know? Yeah, maybe. Uh, what was that Tom Cruise movie that we saw where he ran into his clone? Do you remember that? Where Edge was, of Tomorrow? I think Is maybe. that what that was? Maybe. It was semi-forgettable, though. It was okay. I it didn't was hate okay. it. It was okay. I didn't hate it either, but... Um, 
don't know. If you can think of some more, send them our way. We love movies, too. Right. And and see, I don't know. Demolition Man was kind of dystopian because there were people living underground, even. Because they didn't in, want to in be... In demolished areas. They didn't be, want to be controlled. Yeah, they didn't want to eat Taco Bell every night. <laughs> Delicious Taco I'm just kidding. All right, Nicole. Well, this is a full genre, and of course, Board Games has its fair share of this setting. Warhammer 40,000 is a disaster movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, XCOM is a alien invasion game. Level 7 Invasion is uh, Conquest of Planet Earth, where we get to actually destroy the Earth is one of them. And this week's game, The Other's Seven Sins. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. The Other Seven Sins, Nicole. It's a miniature skirmish game of sci-fi horror. Designed by Eric Lang and released by Cool Mini or Not, this is a one versus many as players assume the roles of members of Faith, a collection of mutants and werewolves, mystics, and just plain tough guys that take on an army of demons led by one of seven different demons called Sins and controlled by a single player. Now, each game of the others begins by picking which of the three types of game the group will play. The three types are terror, like an action movie, corruption, sort of a thriller, and redemption, a disaster film. Now, after deciding the direction of the game, the players select their team of faith members. The base game comes with one team, but more are available to purchase outside of this game. Teams are always seven members and include two bruisers that are melee specialists, two snipers that are range, range specialists, two fixers that are sort of educated utility people, and a leader who supports the whole team. Now, each member of the team has uh, two of their own powers. Four members will be used at a time on the game board, leaving three in reserve if one were to become defeated. The Sins player selects from the two provided Sloth or Pride in the, uh, sin, Sins in the box, though five different ones are also available for purchase outside of the box. Now, each Sin provides its own play deck of differing cards to use on the players and also a global effect that, cha- that changes the player, the that sort of challenges the players. Now, the Sins player also selects acolytes from three different types uh, that are included. These groups are your street-level minions like hobos, doctors, and nuns, and each has a different differing negative effect that the faith members will have to deal with when they come out. A map is built from tiles that are arranged by the story mode you select. You have two different options, usually. Players place their starting four players on the start space and begin taking turns, moving, investigating, and resolving issues. To do this, each character on the table has two action tokens. Each token allows them to move and take an action, move twice, start a fight, resolve a crisis, or to use a district action. Now, play continues like this until no unspent action tokens remain, signifying the end of a round. Here's where the game differs from other similar games. The Sins player never receives a turn. Instead, the Sins player has several reaction tokens to spend, four at the start and they can gain more later on. Using one of them allows them to react to the last player, active player's turn. Moving or starting fights usually is what they do. Using them all because if the players run out of actions before you do, then, and then the round is over and you lose those extra reactions. 
Now, the story that the sto- that the players selected will have goals that the faith members try to reach, opening up new branching choices of what to accomplish next. If they finish all of the story goals, they win. However, if the demons defeat the fourth team member, then the members of faith lose. Steady your resolve because the temptations of sin are calling you, Nicole. Your members of faith are the last shining hope in this devastated world. Huh? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there you go. There I go. Now, The Other Seven Sins is a game that I kickstarted, okay? Mm-hmm. That I, I, pay, I, I did paid for the Kickstarter. So I've got all seven sins. So much stuff. I've got <laughs> like five extra teams of guys or something like that to mix and match around. I've got bonus characters. I've got the Apocalypse box, which I haven't even gotten into yet. I've got so much content. I will never have to buy stuff for this game ever again that I can nope. think of. Nope. So we played this game with Frank, who is a newcomer to our episode. We've played games with Frank, you know, at board game nights and stuff like that, but never on an episode. And as I recall, uh, he he kickstarted as well, but was trying to decide whether he was going to keep it. We'll tell you maybe later if I remember if he did. (laughs) Uh, So it's been a while. I am refreshed on it and uh, we can do it now to start this game. uh, I let Nicole and Frank choose their team. Obviously, I'm going to play the Sins member because I know the rules of the game, and they don't. <clears throat> I let them choose their team of seven members from the core game and the other 24 team member choices that I have to choose from because of the Kickstarter. While. It did take a long time. Uh, I chose to play Sloth, and we chose to play a terror story called Haven's Last Stand, meaning that ter- terror means that there's going to be a lot of killing. And I also used nuns as my min- minions, and after a brief setup, we get started, which sounded like this. Okay, so. Okay. We. Okay, are you gonna start? I guess do we want to start with him and try it this round? Yeah. Leave her with the most movement at the end. Have to the sniper get through. through. Yeah, and then we have the two. I mean, she's okay at fighting, so she'd be able to go through as well. Yeah, she's gonna turn into a werewolf later, though. And... Well, and we don't <laughs> uncontrollably. We don't fight, or we don't block spawn of your guys, but your guys block spawn. They do. They block these spawning places if I have a monster in that space, and you guys can block me getting cards by being in the space with an altar. And if he's there, he only does a perfect attack of opportunity on people who leave? Right. And you can start a fight with him. He's a, he's a wimpy little nun. Right, but if we don't want to fight him? That only has two fight? Well, I'm saying like, if we leave him there, he'll only attack with two. Right. So if we have enough defense and we're not too worried about it, we just say, okay. Sure. We'll leave him there for a second to stop spawn. So, mm-hmm. Because if we're going to have potentially a couple other... And you can double spawn a spot if it's empty when it's coming back around for your turn to spawn. I, I'm not supposed to round. double spawn spots. Okay. But so potentially, potentially we can keep you at like one spawn or whatever if we're careful. And yeah, but I mean, honestly, if you take people out, I'm going to be able to spawn people probably. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that was more looking like, okay, there's no spawn here, no spawn here. Mm-hmm. Where can we kill somebody and not cause a spawn? Right. And there's a couple of spaces where we could do that, but mm-hmm. it's still not preferable. Mm-hmm. So I like that idea, though. Let's, okay. So I spend one of his... Okay, I take my action right now at the start of the first hero's turn. Place this card in any space with an altar. If you end the round with three or more monsters, you raise the apocalypse track by one. And I put it in this space over here. So if you end the round... With three monsters in that space. In that space. Mm-hmm. 
with no okay. guns. Yeah, he's thought this out. Well, no, okay. I have cards. They're limited. Yeah. <laughs> but you can keep taking your turn. Okay. Yes. Well, so that's the... He can move two. Okay. But I don't want to move all those because I don't want to just cause the attack of opportunity. So I'm going to move him out one, right? Okay. In the corner of the building. We're going to attack that abomination. Are so I need... <laughs> so he rolls four dice? Yeah. He's pretty tough. Okay. I roll three. Do we need a dice tray or anything? I don't think so. I got a fist and a corruption is all I get. So I've got an explodey one, right? Oh, great. And you have a defense, so my fist is pretty much gone. Well, and yeah, he had three, so I wasn't too worried about it. So you can flip that to whatever you want, and then you can, which you could probably reduce corruption with it. You can't flip it to another exploding space, of course, but you can flip it to any other space. I'm causing one corruption right now on him automatically. Well, and I'm more thinking... I'm going to be able to clear corruption potentially too. Okay. I guess that's the other thing that if you don't mind me retconning one, I would have done that too. Because if I'm going to a spot, that's at least going to get clear two. Okay. I would have taken the the one extra die. Sure. <laughs> that's just you know this is I'm not going to think that's fair later, but okay because it's another eyeball. Okay. Which you get to you get another die for that one space that you were for that one that you rolled plus you yeah. have to turn it to whatever you want. So you're going to turn it to a fist. Cuz I, I need to do right. what 3 to him. Yep. And you get and you get to roll one more die out of the bag. Yeah. So hopefully this is the last fist. Ah. No corruption. Okay. So you don't get the corruption from me and you don't kill me. Okay. So these are basically useless right, right. now. But it's worth keeping the defense, and then the skill checks, are they worth They're keeping? They're not worth anything in a fight. Nothing happened, basically. Okay. So we're just stuck there. Yep. But he's you there. You didn't do enough to kill me. And, oh, by the way, extra heroes in your space do plus one die per hero. So and if I put somebody else okay. in there and right. we attack again, mm -hmm. that's two, you know, plus one die at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Okay. And remember, when you fight a space full of monsters, you fight every monster in the space. So I roll a giant wad of dice. Okay, well, there you go. There's a couple things we need to talk about. First thing that happened uh, at the top of the round, you could hear that I, I played a card, and the Sins player starts with four, and these cards are very limited. I don't get, like, a whole bunch of them, and I only get them back if, like, my spawn points or something are uncovered. Because right. if, if a hero is in my space with a spawn, uh, it's a spawn location, they block me from being able to spawn in that location. And I only get back as many cards as there are un, you know, blocked spawn spaces. So I start with four, and I have like I think, is it is it two spawn spaces? I think two or three, on the board at at the most. I think it was two. I can't remember. I, think, I believe point. it was two. And so uh, if they block those, it really kind of hampers how many cards I can play. In this case, I played a card. They are very timing sensitive, so you have to pay attention to what's in your hand as the sins player. Uh, this one said right at the start of the first of, of a player's turn. So in order to get this going, I just had to, I just did it just to remember. More than anything, because I, you know, uh, I was it needed. It was an effect that needed to be put in place early, while you guys couldn't respond to it. Right. It was the best time. Uh, another thing you heard about was the attack of opportunity, which is a Dungeons and Dragons term. What it means is, is if you try to leave a fight without fighting, you know, just try to leave it. Usually, whoever you're fighting is going to get a couple shots at you. Mm -hmm. And in this game, if you try to leave an area where someone's fighting with you or there's an enemy in the area, they automatically do one point of damage to you just for leaving the space. And that's, I think it's each enemy in the space does that. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, it's, it's good not to jump into fights that you can't finish. Uh, the last thing to talk about is the exploding die in there. Uh, you do have a space on your die where when you roll it, you get to draw another die out and turn that, that face to whatever face you want. So it, you can hear him doing exploding dice as well. Now, whenever I, uh, what <clears throat> the card I played, the reason I had to get it out was because it related to my apocalypse track. And uh, you use the the same basically apocalypse track I think on every one. It's basically the same kind of layout. But the uh, the every sin has this seven level apocalypse track, and each step causes more problems for the player. Like it may be just something like I get an extra reaction token from now on, but at the end, like the last space, if I can get it to level seven, you guys are taking automatic like two points of damage every turn and two corruption every turn. So basically. By the end of it, you're going to die mm-hmm. if you don't finish this mission. So Frank takes a couple of turns uh, killing and moving and uh, moving Nicole to run into a uh, room on fire. And this is what that sounds like. All right. So now I need to roll against the fire. Oh, you oh, moved like, in there? I yeah, I moved in there. You. Here we go. Uh, you take a fire damage. One damage. What well, sucks. Oh, that's good. No, not Why? really. Stop saying stuff sucks. It's good. When you take damage, we're doing great. <laughs> okay, let me have that. <laughs> so this guy's not the best to be trying to put out fires anyway. I don't even know. This is probably a bad idea. No, I like this idea. Oh, great. We'll it's definitely a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope, you don't put any fire out. Nope. But it looked good burning. Right. <laughs> so that's it. That's all I can do, right? Now, the reason that's all she can do is because she took a double move to get to this room on fire. Um, the uh, Oh, and she did a cleansing with the other one. When you try to cleanse, you do a... Uh, you roll the dice, and one side of these player dies has a little eyeball on it. And if you get that, you're able to uh, do a uh, cleansing of some sort, which is usually like taking like a... Well, like a pentagram token off of there or fire token or corruption token, any one of these varieties of tokens. Uh, <clears throat> space tokens are, are sort of area effects that a Sins player gets to put on the spaces on the board. I'm getting to place on fire tokens at the start of every round. I already preloaded a bunch of secret stuff. So when people walk in, they're face down and they don't know what they're dealing with when they're dealing with going to these new locations. Um what what happens is when, when somebody moves into a space that's on fire, the fire gets to attack them. I roll a bunch of dice equal to the number of fire tokens in the area, and whatever comes up with a fist does a point of damage on them. It's not a defendable thing. They just basically walked into fire. Uh, same thing with corruption. Corruption can do that as well. Uh, give you corruption damage. Uh, and they also cause the check whenever you try to leave the space. Now, we have... Uh, like I said, the fire tokens, we have the corruption tokens, the pentagrams give me a boost to my attack. Uh, and of course, you know, the the players have their own stuff too. They have uh, boost tokens that give them faster moves. Soak, uh, you know, give them extra actions, soak wounds and increase their attack dies as well. Right, Nicole? Right. Now, Nicole, in this next clip, you're going to start some fights. Are you ready to hear this? I like to start fights. Oh. Okay, and you're starting a fight, so I get to mark. What, what's up with this corruption thing? I I mark, get to if mark you take a corruption willingly, you can get this bonus at the bottom. Should I do that? I did because I knew I was going to clear off some corruption, and that extra die seemed really helpful. Those are your marks for slowing down because you're starting fights. Slothful. 
Okay. Um, so you're fighting that dude? Yeah, but I'm debating on if I should get an extra die first or not. I don't know. I would. I'm going to get another die. Yeah. Okay. So she'll Just have one. six die. <laughs> She's going to die six times. Probably. Oh, we're doing six? Yeah. She's really tough. Well, she gets to roll five, but she doesn't have any guaranteed defense. Right. Oh, I like that, too. Does oh, I get an extra die. Oh. She's kind no. of a... Got an extra die. Seriously? Got an extra die. What? He's going to kill her, like, right now. Go ahead and roll your dice, too. Got an extra die. What? Oh, stop it. Okay, I didn't get an extra die that time. How many times did you hit her in the... I hit her six times, and she gets one corruption. Wow. (laughs) That's ridiculous. She does not get one corruption. You get to roll another one. You get to roll two more. And you get to I change those to what more? you want. I would change these to defenses because you're going to get so? annihilated otherwise. Which one's Oh, wait. So if you kill... If you, three is going to kill him, right? Or does it have to be four? Uh, three to kill him. Right so he's going to so kill gonna him. Right. So already. you should change those to defenses, and you can roll more dice to try to re- get more defenses. Yeah. And I roll two, two more, more dice? dice. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the plan. Come on, explode. Come on, defense. Or explode. No. Ah. Oh, stupid okay, anti-corruption. Okay, so you took four points of damage, and my guy gets wow. destroyed. And a corruption. That was a no, silly idea. Well, it was worth trying. No he just exploded out. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Psycho. That's ridiculous. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Isn't, now, I, I don't think I mentioned earlier that exploding dice go both ways. My dice explode as well. Mm. And uh, you could hear, every time I was picking a die out of the bag, I was rolling... <laughs> Rolling to get another die. Because you were lucky. <clears throat> right. So it could work out pretty bad for you. Yeah. It was working out really bad for me. And uh, yeah. So so the game keeps getting tough. I mean, there, this this is one of these things. You have this timeline and you can feel that, it, that there's like a there's a rising tension here. And of course, when you go to do something and you're trying to take a step forward and my dice explode and you take a guy out and get that little baby step forward, but you're almost dead. It gets pretty scary, and uh, in this next clip, we we hear a little bit of that beginning of that sort of tension effect. Okay, so we're back around to Thorley. Is his name really Thorley? It used to be Thornton, but he wanted to sound tough. <laughs> Thornton sounds so girly. <laughs> I want to sound tough. Thorley. Well, so what does his little what's that token mean? He moves one less space, and then this because it's it because of my sloth effect. And the ravens plus one move or plus two? Plus one, so he can't even get there. I was one, planning on, two. yeah, having him get there. The werewolf can still get there. She's gonna have to. She didn't start a fight yet, but she's not gonna be a werewolf at the end of this. That's okay. Not for us. She's only got two damage. She we're could serious, probably stand up to those well, seven attack dice that I'm going to throw. She's zero <laughs> when she's oh a human. Oh, my goodness. At the end of your turn, you must turn human. So she'll be tough, right? No. Oh. <laughs> she's not a werewolf. See, now, that wasn't no. part of what I my knowledge base. Like, I didn't know he wasn't going to be able to move when we made this whole little plan of her coming I know, over I, here. I so. read all of the effects at the start of the game. Yeah, but you didn't yeah. implement them until three rounds I, I later. Know. Or three turns <laughs> later. I can do them when I want. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I let him retro play a, a, a uh, corruption. That was 
one little die and he was still on that person's turn. That was after our die effects were rolled. All I did was just put the tokens down I told you were going to be there to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> no I don't way. feel like that's an exchange, but I don't feel like you're really wrong anyway. I'm not wrong at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that. that's not like a justification. It's like, oh yeah, I played it wrong, but you could have said no. That's totally independent of <laughs> when you play it really mi- missing part of his arm? I don't know. I think it's supposed to have part of his arm. Maybe so. Well, some of the sculpts are different. Like this Does he, This one yeah, he's has like a little piece. arm. Yep, he was missing a part of his arm. He was missing a part I of his arm. I got the replacement seven weeks later in no time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I did no, get it. There was no hassle. And it wasn't really, you know. It didn't break the game. I still had a no. based monster just with one arm and not the other. Right. It was no big deal. But they did get it for me. That's cool. And you heard the, the rules lawyer come out and stomp her feet. I did not stomp uh, her foot. <laughs> There is a bit of uh, specifics that breeze by unnoticed, sort of, whenever you're going over games until it really matters, is kind of what that was. So that's not anything really bad. It's just sort of like, remember I told you about that? Yeah, but I didn't remember that, and you didn't use it until just now. And it's like, well, yeah, now that it's important, I'll use it. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't do it right until now in your favor. Right. You know? Uh, so... <clears throat> We, uh, you have to play hard uh, against each other. And the thing is, is you know, as, as the Sins player, you cannot hold back. And we're going to find out in this uh, next clip, when Sky decides to leave the burning room, that that sometimes is really hard. <laughs> What's Sky doing? Well, she turned to a werewolf. I guess that's the other thing. Right now, you still have four spots to spawn. And we don't block it. Right. We can make Only you... monsters block. It can make you spawn. You only have two monsters, though. Right. And you haven't killed any of my uh, acolytes, so I can't do my uh, once-per-round summon a dead nun. Yeah. <laughs> um, dang it. At the end of your turn, you must switch to human form. So I don't know if I want to... Well, kill that guy just because because it doesn't really do anything for me except for maybe get me to roll die so I might be able to like defend more but I'm not doing anything and that's only when you move in as the fire right so like I'm burned uh, I corruption found a spot. as well and if you move out of it as well okay. so if you move from there I get to roll both fire tokens again I have a question plus you get to take a damage from the acolyte so she gets an extra move so, so it's that extra, yeah. If you don't have to use it now, you can use it at a different turn. So we could whenever. we could go through, <clears throat> and then once she's, wait, yeah, wait. we can see if we need to change anything in a bit. Well, because she'll human out. Oh no, still it still doesn't. Never mind. Bad. This timing's horrible. Okay. But well, if she humans out now mm-hmm. at the end of my turn, I haven't left there yet. So I would have three spot so that'd be another thing to like potentially okay now i want to clear the fire right well now i was trying to figure out how to get her wolfie and then in here before the end of the round but it doesn't work yeah but she could clear the fire there as a human in a second the only problem is if i want to do something before then because right now she's a wolf right if she's a she's a wolf she could go over here though and try and kill one of these things or something right she's got the yeah. two defense for this round it's gonna be next round we'll just get her out of there 
I guess that's another good point. I could kill something in there. Because we just don't want this to go off. Yeah. Well, and if I kill something in there, there's no reason I need to stay. I could just leave. Because she doesn't have... I like, oh, we'll try that. So, you're okay. ro rolling for fire. Okay, so I'm leaving. you get one point of damage from the Acolyte automatically for leaving. The fire attacks you and does two more points of damage. You're unconscious. You're dead. Just well, that was a dumb idea. Dead? Dead? Yes. Yep, so she's she's perished. <laughs> well, there you go. Never mind. Okay. So you get to pick another character. They're going to go in here. Her whole plan. <laughs> that was amazing. I, I thought I had it fixed. <laughs> not awesome when you plan really hard and you still die. Yeah, it's great. Feels good. <laughs> Dice are a cruel mistress. Uh, they you got an auto hit from the acolyte, which is I don't even have to roll for, and then you have a chance of two more damage from fire. That you get both of them, and we have a player death. And it mm -hmm. felt really weird for me as the sins player because it was all risks that Frank and you discussed and took on willingly. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, it was just I. It wasn't my attack. It was your actions that killed you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> kind of cool how the uh, environment becomes very deadly in this game too, and that just just positioning yourself can be you know the difference between life and death, which really kind of adds to it. It's not just simply like can I attack this guy high enough and kill him. It's like can I attack this guy high enough and kill him and survive in this room full of fire and corruption. I'm getting to where I don't like fire in games anymore. Oh, I love it. It's so much fun, right? Mm-hmm. So... You're not the one getting burned all the time. Well, here's the, here's the bad news for you. Okay. Kanga... This is kangaroo kind of girl. Isn't she a kangaroo? She has, like, one extra move that she can do. But she doesn't she have, like, kangaroo legs or something weird? Maybe. She had, She's like, oh, yeah, she, has, she had a really long neck. And she kind of had these weird kind of bowed legs, like a kangaroo legs, mm -hmm. kind of. Yeah, she was a mutant kind of thing. But uh, the, the, the Kanga's pretty near death, and she takes her next turn here. So, so I mean, you could there. sacrifice her if we're not thinking that she's really that important. Potentially, she might make it. She might make it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. She's healing one. She's getting a gear. Right now, She there's not a great defense our... gear. If she dies, what happens to the gear? Uh, it goes to the next person. They get a random gear draw. But you'll get that fourth piece of gear if you go for it. So, I mean, she'd be... You'd get to, you'd get to mission two. Yeah. So even if we did lose her, which we're probably gonna... Well, which we're probably going to anyway. She would already have accomplished this mission, prevented him from being able to do this card... Possibly. And mm. block this as long as she just survives. So let's do it. Let's Till the see. end. Let's see how this goes. And she'll okay. be healing one. I yep. mean, I'm just saying, <laughs> she's our risk taker with her little okay. kitty tail. Yeah. You okay with that? Or run, you kitty, like, run. Okay. okay. <laughs> she hops into the... Boing, boing. She's like very... Into the den. Move. Flip that question mark token oh, over. Oh, that's a bad idea. It's, well, it's the plus one. That's a pentagram. Okay, so I get to roll for your corruption. You don't get any. Yes. Oh. And <clears throat> okay. you don't get any. Okay. And you're going to do the city space action. Okay. Well, and I don't move this thing until before the roll, right? Until yeah. you... Before a roll. Right. Okay. So I'm doing that city space action. So you heal one so life. heal. Yeah. I really love these little... The tokens. The wound the tokens hearts. shaped like little hearts. Yeah. Uh, you get one of these items. Okay. And then I get to react to you while So it's corruption, corruption, corruption. Gains ranged. And if you hit... Any monsters in a fight, they cannot move. 
this turn, or plus one to skill rolls. So I mean, it's almost well, worth she has giving nothing her... for skill rolls. Okay, and that's that's where like unless we're gonna really corrupt her and mess with it, it's almost worth it to give her ranged. And then it'd be funny if we ended up having her be like the running sniper, like oh she's over here now, <laughs> oh she's over here now, that guy's. I'd be okay with that. Okay. So she's getting the lightning cannon? All right. Okay, that's yep. the end of your turn. Now I react to it. So I'm going to start a fight. I fight with every monster. Well, no, wait. Does She still gets to... Uh, she's... Oh, yeah, she's still going to do whatever. Yeah, she right. did her city thing. Right, so does she start a fight? Whatever. And then... Is she going to start a fight? Should she fight Well, that, that's your choice, right? You're, it's the city... Or it's the move and take an action. Your only actions are fight or skill check, right? Okay, wait, wait. Right. So she doesn't have any skill checks, so her only option is fight. Okay, so let's have her fight. Okay, I'm going to do a start of the fight card. Each abomination in this fight gets a fist damage automatically, so you're already at two damage. Two damaging hits so far. And I get to roll... So these are the abominations, so those are the ones. Three, two, and plus one for the pentagram. Okay, and she gets... So I have nine dice in this fight. Five. Plus her one. And did we move this up? We didn't move this up before we roll. You can move it up right now before you roll to get an extra defense and an extra so dodge. Yeah, so you have a defense. So you have and six. She has six. six. Okay. This is good. I don't want to hear that. Well, it's a whole lot of corruption. How? How? Which turns into damage. Plus I have two more fists. Yeah. By four fists and seven corruption. Okay, so that's an anti anti one corruption. Yep. So two these defense. Cancel. Two defense. These cancel. Well, I was gonna say well, you could just yeah. These just go away because I already had two fists. Okay. Okay. So and you have, have no exploding, fists. so you're gonna die no matter what. Yeah. And but you did two fists, which is enough to take out my acolyte if you want to. Okay. Don't you think? Well, that lets him spawn the acolyte. Only to a fight, to a non-ranged fight. Actually, wait. No, I like that, because if you kill the acolyte, that still gets a doubt of three. So there's not three guys here at the end right. of this thing. So at least partially. Yeah, let's do that. Team. Okay. Ta-da. Okay, and your guy dies. Okay. Yeah, because has three, or has two life left. Right, and you only and had you one. Had, I had six... Uh, Six corruption, Which too, so you took gonna, two more wounds from that, yeah. too. So you yeah, actually so you're gonna took take four wounds. Yeah, yeah. You okay, two fine. Yeah, give. rub it in. She's dead. <laughs> I need to rub some more of that in. Yeah, but here's the salt. Here's the uh, So the, you guys finish a mission, though, and this is a good time also to discuss the corruption track. Uh, so the mission you had, the first mission you uh, did was to gain four gear cards. And it's like, it's basically this, in this one, you start by gearing up your guys and then you then you uh, go attack some monsters or, or you know and you get to choose which kind and then you have Did to you just go call them monsters <clears throat> monsters mm, it's different than monsters i didn't say monsters today monsters you did. <laughs> uh, but you finish the mission and it's a, uh, the <clears throat> you get to move on to the next one which we talk about after this but the uh, the thing is is uh, 
the corruption track you use gives you bonuses. See, each player has a card with a line of holes at the top that are that represent your remaining health. And at the bottom, there's this uh, series of holes that represent the level of corruption you've accepted with little bonuses that are down below each one. And the second track is used two ways. One is it's filled up with corruption damage whenever I damage you with corruption. And eventually, if it overflows, that turns into physical damage. The other way it's used is by willingly adding corruption to it, and you'll receive a one-time power-up. Now, the good to, good news is, is that you receive all the open b- benefits below the space that you place it into. The bad news is, is that it just keeps filling up with corruption, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, each attack the uh, Sins player makes has a chance of causing that corruption, and the damage is marked on the character boards by covering up certain power-ups, something that we missed doing during our game. We just started filling from the bottom up. But you were supposed to be able to do it differently like that. And because this thing deals with the devil have a cost and a risk, Nicole. Is that what that <laughs> is? That's what that is. <laughs> so these uh, these guys decide to make their next mission uh, to be clearing abominations. They have to kill four abominations. And my that's my second strongest troop. I have my acolytes, which are my nuns. Then I have my uh, my abominations. And then I have a, a leader who's like a little bit tougher than that. And then I also have an avatar, which doesn't come out quite yet. Um, let's see. Uh, I, well, at the same time, I become stronger at this point in the game too. I move up two spaces on the apocalypse track, granting me more fire on placed on the board every turn. And it also gives me an extra summon at the beginning of each round, bringing it up to five creatures I get to bring into play every turn. Now, Thorley acts and takes corruption, and then he takes corruptions to move, and then this happens. So the real question is, is it worth a corruption to just get all those? Just OP. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't know, because you've already got one automatic hit. No. Plus you have... I wouldn't... I would have... He's just got a these. ton of gear stuff. He's yeah. got a bionic arm with a super sword in its hand. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's only abominations or acolytes, which right now it's only abominations, right. I get a plus two. So I'm rolling seven die. So it's but not you really still get f- this too, don't no. you? Not unless he takes a corruption. So to take a corruption, I have to... I get... That's how I would get all those. Oh. Seven should be enough to kill that thing. So I guess I'm gonna leave it. Okay, three dice back at you. Okay, two fists and a corruption. Well, I got three explodes and a defense. What? And a block. But so you are gonna kill him, but I keep rolling dice just to see what happens. What are you gonna change those to? Well, if I switch them to attacks, he's he's gonna kill. Right, that's instantly killed. Right. But then if I rolled. Then if I wanted defense. You don't need any defense, though. You've got three. Yeah. So you're yeah. going to destroy him right now. You don't even have to roll dice. Well, the only thing would be if I got more defense for a reaction or something. And, like, skill check and corruption doesn't matter. They don't hold till later. So really the only thing is see what I roll. See if there's, like, a defense to leave on him. But he's going to die. Yeah, starting a fight. No. Okay. 
So, but I got five to hit him. So, way okay. overkill. Yep, he goes away. He dies. And yeah. I play a card after Ooh, an abomination is destroyed. The current hero takes two corruption. Well. So you're maxed out. That was good. I didn't take the corruption before. <laughs> and that thing goes up one, right? Yeah, you've killed one abomination. Okay. See, the good news is, I mean, yes, there's tons of bonuses, bonus dice, like crazy and stuff. But the perk of all the planning time you guys are doing, it really gives me tons of time to make sure I get my cards played out right on time. <laughs> you know? It's pretty much all your focus is. It's just... <clears throat> It's all reacting to how you do stuff. So yeah. I have reaction tokens that let me do actions, and then all my cards are sort of a reaction to you doing stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Like everything I do is like a defensive sort of thing, even though it might be defend by, you know, striking back. It's always on defense. You guys are definitely the aggressors in this game, if you can believe it. Mm -hmm. um, the turn continues with you guys, uh, with you and Frank killing the abominations you need to start the new mission. You, you needed to... Uh, that which now becomes kill four creatures marked by me. So I mark, of course, the hardest ones to get to. Uh, and I do my best to make it difficult, uh, including making one guy five tokens deep in fire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you're about to fit. You're, you're like right at the finish line of this whole story. And uh, I up the game and I try to finish strong. I mean, you're going to get, you can so probably you, take him out. Well, you're going to get a spawn anyway. You're going to put in your four for your abominations because they're just three and three instead of twos. So you're going to get one of the nuns, but we already killed a nun. And so it doesn't really matter if he's dead or alive. So There's going to be he something. He's doing something with those nuns. I can't do anything with the nuns. They're useless. You guys aren't killing them. You're killing only abominations. <laughs> yeah, and that so was the plan because you had like free stipled. spawns. Well, that's every, every one of these has the same effect. Summon a dead whatever to a non-ranged fight and then have this effect. Yeah. And it's it's they have like this extra sentence that changes them. It's the only thing. Yeah. And if you guys never summon, or if you never kill nuns, and I'm forced to summon them at the start of every turn, I never get a bonus effect of an yeah. extra summon. Wait, wait, wait. Summon, yeah, but that he's got a dead nun right That's now. That's what I'm saying. So it doesn't matter if there's two. He's already got but one. But he didn't read part of this to you. What? I replace then... one of the city actions with a corruption token. Yes. So you don't want to even attack this, but you because... can. But it's once again, it's if you're in that space and you cleanse that space, you can take away the, this corruption token. So I could stop the satellite from being a satellite space and make it a corruption instead. So when you try to heal, you get corruption potentially yeah. and the other. No. And that only happens when you're summoned to right. a non-ranged fight right. in so, that spot. Right. So if we just don't fight. In then that he spot. can't do that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So, don't so do I don't it. want. So yeah, we don't want to fight there yeah. right now. So are you going to do anything else? No. Okay. I react, and I mean? summon a, a to fight you, and I summon a guy into a non-ranged fight, and I fight you. How did you? How are you reacting? What are you reacting to? To him moving into the space. It's the end of his turn. I can react to River. River just moved into the space. Just moving in. Yes. Yeah. I think you should have fought him. So well, I start a fight with yeah. four dice he's and gonna I come put in a either way. token. Well, and that, that's using his last reaction, though, for this turn. That's so. right. I have nothing left. <laughs> and I don't he's think sneaky, I have though. you got to watch him. Well, He'll only tell yeah. you parts of it sometimes. You, right. you have three turns over there, though. So, so this isn't so bad. Four dice versus your two dice. Three. Three? Because I have the commissioner. Oh, the commissioner. So, yes, I can change city actions, and that is the effect of my nuns. Whenever they are uh, brought onto the border, summoned into a space with a summoning place, uh, they can <clears throat> automatically cover up one of the city actions. 
And the city actions, uh, let's talk about the city spaces, okay? Because this is, this game has tiles <clears throat> that are right, they're made by the same people who make Zombicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zombicide uh, has these streets, these tiles that sort of make this grid of streets or with buildings in them, and, and they, they designate spaces by crosswalks, mostly. And the in this game, there's no real doors or windows or entrances or anything like that. You can enter a building from any side that you're on, which is kind of weird, <clears throat> right? So there, there's there's no reason to even. I mean, there's there's artwork there, but all it does is designate you're either inside or outside. That's all it is. Um, on on each of these tiles, which I think in our case we played with six tiles. Each of the tiles uh, has like a series of symbols at the bottom of them representing what is in that area that the city could do to help. Like if you're in a hospital space, for instance, you're going to gain health back, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, And there's a bunch of different actions, like not just health, but you can like if you're in a church, you can get rid of corruption. Uh, You can gain gear cards, get an extra turn. You can order an orbital strike that kills uh, my minions or my acolytes and my abominations in like one shot if they enter the space with it. Uh, most tiles have several of these symbols and they all activate when you use a city action. However, <clears throat> and, and every, both players only get one city action per turn. So it's not like they get to do it every single time they activate one of their heroes. It's usually once per turn or once per round. <clears throat> now, uh, so now I can cover up some of these symbols causing you guys to potentially receive corruption if you take a city action instead. Which is kind of starting to add up for me because I'm getting you guys on the ropes and I'm and I'm taking away the ability for you to, you know, come back from being on the ropes, you mm-hmm. know, by, by covering up these spaces. And I'm stacking the deck pretty bad and uh, making these decisions even tougher for you guys. And, oh, did I mention that at this point I summoned my avatar? It automatically summons at the start of the third part of the mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, each game when the heroes reach the final part of the mission, the avatar is summoned. Uh, and he's just this massive, disgusting-looking creature of devastation. And here's how that plays out. Go out in the street and shoot at that abomination. See what happens <laughs> when he moves two spaces and attacks you with seven dice. <laughs> kill him. Well, I just changed my mind there. <laughs> oh, did it? <laughs> well, I don't think I can... You won't do enough damage. I was going to say, even if, well, you were, if you're able to... Oh, max actually, out all the if you corruption. Take your corruption and stuff maybe you could that's what i'm saying if i take a corruption i'll have two well, no, 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 three wait. four five dice plus an automatic hit plus two more automatic hits oh you got I'd have shot, three hits already dude i'm already excited. well because if you did it if you take him out he doesn't get to attack back if you don't take him out he's I'm gonna screwed. kill you <laughs> you are just dead. Maybe. There's like, no option. But we have to kill him. Without you've been rolling? This, no, he's dead. <laughs> this would give us two chances, because we're going to have to get in there with him as well. It's so I mean, cool. These are the only two that have that stand a chance at all. Oh, you should go for yeah. it. It'll be so cool. <sighs> he's making me not want to do it. <laughs> if it's All right, so that's the thing. It's one of those, like, swinging for the fences. You just point at, at, I'm at more thinking and get ready. If it'd be worth it to like <laughs> game the system and go in for corruption and pick up more gear, and then next I can. Turn, I know, but you're you have no upgrades. Well, yeah. Just go. For I mean, it, okay. So seriously, if oh, we did it, it'd be, be so cool. It would be an awesome turn. <laughs> Five dice. I'm just looking at how many guys we have left. Also, I'm dying for you to do it. 
five dice also, rolled this with is three rocking. automatically automatic hits. I know he can go he, right here. He'd have to move, yeah. Right. Oh. It's right here. Yeah. It'd be so cool. And then shoot him. Just do it. Okay, I'm doing it. It's a story now. Because see, now it's a thing. It doesn't matter if it happens or not. You took that, you Babe Ruthed it, (laughs) you pointed to the fences. fences, So one, two, three, four, five dice, three. And you have three fists already. Yeah. Yeah. Five dice to roll. Five dice. I have a defense and three fists. Oh my God, I bet you kill him. (laughs) Oh God. Do a good job. Oh, that's not good. Oh, it's two fists. That's not good. So you only did five damage to him, mm, and he yeah. runs two spaces at you. <laughs> yeah. And I have two defense. The slovenly. Right. I he have runs four over defense. here. You have four? Four. Okay, he has seven attack dice. Wait. Oh, God. Yeah, two, Because this is his counterattack. This is not right. his. This is terrible. Oh, what did I do? What did I do? I'm so stupid. <laughs> okay, this is good. I need it's all these corruption. So you take four corruption, which is two so damage. Two and I damage. got two more fists. I, get, I got two more dice to roll. Another corruption. I'm so I'm already dead. Oh, that's yep. awesome. So yeah, you, yeah. You, so he just ran just, you down and killed you. He just you. ran over to you and killed you. Why'd you let me do that, man? Because you were excited. <laughs> I was excited. This is the reason why you play games. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Oh, that was Aww. amazing. He's out. It's so appropriate. It the, he the tried. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Okay. So you mean, you mean big old there. snail trail just squash. I know. <laughs> squash. <laughs> All right. So your last guy goes in. Oh, jeez. That's Oh, that's so awful. awesome. You guys, you guys don't even know how happy I am because that also activates my apocalypse track one more space. Because <laughs> he killed another hero. Because yeah, I killed a hero. Oh. Go big or go home, Nicole. Well, I went big, and I guess I'm going home, <laughs> <Right>. too. <laughs> uh, so I put that guy right in the way of everything, right in the middle of the of the street. And it, it's sort of like, I'm going to be honest, it, it, it's it's sort of one of those things that you just kind of put out there, and you just, you just know people are going to have to deal with it. And so it's it's really rough. And you tried to range attack him, and you did stack the deck as hard as you could in your favor, and you did have the potential of killing him. And the reason that's important is... I don't get any kind of retort if you kill him. Mm-hmm. Basically, you shoot him with a gun, and as he charges towards you, he dies. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if you shoot him with a gun and he doesn't die, he charges over and starts <laughs> smashing you. Stomping, right. Uh, so that means uh, that you do not destroy him. Uh, and I, it went back in my favor. And if you're keeping track, uh, I have one hero left to kill, just so you know. Even though you guys still have a couple more of these marked guys to kill. Now, Thorley jumps into the fight, and he tries as hard as he can, just in the same spirit as you did, Nicole. <laughs> so now, I'm starting a fight. Are you going to take the corruption so you get all that benefit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> oh, you're taking a huge corruption, huh? Yes. Taking the, taking the mega corruption. You get the <laughs> one of everything. All of it. Okay. So I start with four fists. Uh, two shields, and then I get two extra die. And plus one and plus three, because it's got the avatar, so I get a plus three from the sword instead of just the plus two. Oh, so how many dice are you rolling? Ten dice? Yeah, I'm rolling ten. Okay, I'm rolling seven. And that's where you don't have defense, right? You don't have shields or anything. No, Uh you have to do seven damage to me. But he's already got four. No, he has none. Huh? No, I start with three. Four. Oh, There's four. Four. Okay, yeah, okay. four fists on there. Right. So you only have to do three, and you have ten dice to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. If I did the math like that, that would be a, a much easier. I am not corrupted at all. <laughs> Very not corrupted. Oh my gosh, you got like five. You non- needed it. You needed it, believe me. Yeah. For corruption, you would have died without it. Oh my god, of course. You're killing him, that's for sure. He's got a lot of fists. Okay, so how much defense did you end up with? Because I had four fists. One, two, five. Oh my god, I did nothing. Six. Six. I did nothing, and you killed me. Yeah. You got so lucky yeah. on that corruption. With, with the machine arm it. and the mega sword. I cannot believe that. <laughs> so oh, you got two awesome. of them. <clears throat> Unbelievable. Okay. I thought for sure I had your corruption. I was like, oh, that's what I need. And you're like, I rolled way too much <laughs> anti-corruption. Like, that's amazing. It, even if you would have died else. with it, like that is, that's just that pretty That would have been the end of the game if you'd lost. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we didn't kill him, that was the one shot to do it. Yeah. I know. That we didn't have a good other option okay. to do that. So I get to react. Actually, I want to react to that right now. I cancel. I, well, no. Yeah, I haven't done anything. I cancel all die rolls, and we both roll them again. What? What? I that, can do what, that. that. What was the It's cursed qualifier. fate. After all die rolls, cancel the result of all rolls. Both you and the current hero oh, roll again. So you have to roll ten again? Ten dice again? Yeah. So I'm doing that again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> This is... I don't like this. I do. <laughs> I'm hoping for that big corruption roll again. <laughs> I purposely... I had another card I almost played, and I saved this one in case it went poorly. <laughs> okay, here uh, Stressing me out. I didn't do as good. Oh, good. I did way worse. I love to hear that. Still got three corruptions out of it, though. And one stupid fist. And we have... I have the three damage... That's all you need. Yeah. I had four. And you have two have anti-corruptions. One anti-corruption. Well, you could change that other one to yeah. anti-corruption because that's all you need. Unless you and get I've one got more die. One shield, you didn't have any damage. Right, so you, you get f- to change that to an anti-corruption, roll one more, and you get to take one point of damage or not. Oh, my God. It turned <laughs> out exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, not exactly the same. But, but I'm just yeah, saying, no. result is the same. Yeah, no damage to you, done. all damage to me. Unbelievable. Woo! I even made you redo Wait. it. Jeez. Let that me tell amazing. you. That's that was like the, the best part. That's the Avatar dead. Now, let me tell you that, uh, you know, even though players keep track of hit points every turn, Enemies don't. Enemies have to be killed in one shot, and they automatically go back up to full. And the Avatar has seven hit points. Mm-hmm. So he's he kind of is like a force of nature, you know, to force to be reckoned with, you know, once once he hits the table. Uh, so taking him out, in, in not just once, but twice in one turn is quite an event. I got to say that was probably the... I, I I felt bad because I was like all, I was reconciling, going okay, yeah, yeah, I lost, I lost, I lost. And then I looked down at my cards and I'm like, what can I even do about? Oh my goodness, I got the card, and I felt terrible because I really led, you led you guys terrible. on. You did not. <laughs> I really led you guys on to, to try to believe that I couldn't do anything, and I was mm-hmm. just like, I didn't realize it until I actually picked my cards back up and said, oh yeah, I saved that thing. So I don't know. Avatar's <laughs> dead. Now here's something that's funny. Whenever I play miniature games. Whenever I would put my big miniature on the table, like, for instance, in 40K or Blood Bowl or whatever, people love to kill your biggest miniature. Mm-hmm. They love it. They, the second it hits the table, they, they completely lose track of what the goal is. And the new goal is take out the biggest miniature, even if I lose the game. 
And they love it. Because he seems the most threatening. But they, they just love that feeling. They love the feeling of, I killed Godzilla or mm-hmm. something, you know? And, and it's it's amazing. It's like, yeah, look at his 400 babies. <clears throat> like, one thing I used to do, I used to have a really big tank when I would play 40K. And I would put this big tank, when I deployed, I would deploy this big tank that was really hard to blow up right in the middle of everything. I didn't put any extra points into this tank. It was just all armor, just meant to sit there and soak up damage and to and draw your attention while the rest of my forces did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing how much advantage I would have by just simply putting the tank really out in the open for you guys all to shoot at. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And this is the same kind of thing. I put the avatar right in the middle with the idea that you guys would focus on the avatar and not try to run around him or go go away from him. Mm-hmm. That you would love the opportunity and just salivate at the chance of taking him out and maybe buy me enough time and maybe do some damage. And as a result, I... I I killed one of your guys. The other guy didn't quite work out so well because Thorley really beat him up <laughs> with his bionic arm and his laser sword or whatever it was. What were we supposed to do to win? <clears throat> you had to kill the four marked creatures. Oh, yeah. And the, See? And just, the avatar right. was not one of the marked creatures. No. He was just out in the middle of everything like, hey, here I am. You want to fight the biggest guy in the game? Yes, and you're we like, do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We'll uh-huh. waste player turns doing that. <laughs> I'm not saying that's bad. That's just something I would probably do, too. Mm. I'd I'd say, how can I still do this and still accomplish the missions? Because I want to kill that guy. Of course. Uh, So it's nice to be lucky, Frank, but the game isn't over yet. And the last dice are still to be cast. Frank still has his his character, River, run down the street to fight one of the last two marked enemies. And this is how it plays out, Nicole. Now... I get two, four, five, six, seven against River. Yeah. And lose. the... <laughs> well, she's going to die. And the okay. Abomination automatically has one fist in the, when we start this roll. So right, you whatever. Can, I'm you taking can, a corruption. You can take the corruption. So I'm rolling two for the base, two for on there, and I've got a fist and a shield, um, and I've got yeah. one for the commissioner. Yeah. That was a good roll. That's not bad. Well, see, now I can oh, good job. skill check. Um, okay. Six fists and two tentacles. Well, she's probably dead. She probably just <laughs> lost. Yep. Oh my Unless God. this explodes all the way out, which with me rolling, it's not going to. That's, oh, you changed oh, it. That one exploded. Well, fist. So, two she's defense, dead. so three. four damage, she's dead. plus her defense of one is three, which exactly kills her. Two yep. corruption wouldn't have killed her. Oh, my God. That's yep. it. That sucks. We got close. We killed the Avatar. I know. Oh, man. And we had a plan to kill the other two. Just laser them down. Yeah, just couldn't do it because it was stupid nuns. <laughs> they finally came into play. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that cool? <laughs> I'd like to thank the sisters on the board. <laughs> so I won the game, uh, but I got to say, uh, I, I I feel like we, we all had a pretty good time regardless. I, I really yeah. didn't, I never felt, because because as the uh, bad guy player, I felt like I was always putting guys back in and always replenishing what was going on. And I always had sort of a chance to keep going, even though you guys were way more powerful than me. Yeah. You know, with the exception of the Avatar. The Avatar was really powerful. Like, if you guys had an Avatar on your team, I would be worried about him. You know? 
But the other guys I have are all really weak, you know? But they just keep coming. I've got numbers. Right, but yeah, there's tons of numbers, yeah. <clears throat> right, right. So, uh, Nicole, what did you like about this game without looking at my list of stuff that I liked? Well, it was really balanced. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's your notes. <laughs> I'm reading his notes directly off the page. It has nothing to do with what I was going to say. Um, it was exciting. There's yeah. an excitement factor there to it where you just, you're it like, builds, can I do it? it? Can I do it? Well, just try. Go for it. Right. And it builds, doesn't it? Yeah, it I mean, builds, as, builds as you go because I'm getting closer to killing you and your time's running out. You know the right. apocalypse track's going. Right. And you know you're, you, have, you have limited guys. So I, I think that you're right. There is a tension that keeps building. Yeah. And it's very <laughs> exciting. Right. And even, even though, I mean, yeah, it's disappointing to lose, but the excitement of playing the game made right. me really enjoy playing the game. Right. Now, you know? as you were reading, I, I think the game felt really balanced. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is because I really went at you guys hard. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I, you know, in a lot of these games, in one versus many games, you have to take on, like whoever's playing the one versus the many, usually has to take on what I call a dungeon master role, which is don't play so hard that you make the game not fun for the other people. Right. I didn't feel like I had to do that in this game. I felt like I was going at you as hard as I could the whole time. I was playing as as devious as I could to try to, you know, to, to win this game. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I think it really built everything. And, we, you know, you guys got right there within arm's reach. I mean, if you if you had got past the guy who, who killed him, you had one guy left to kill, mm -hmm. you know. So that was, it was really cool. I thought that built really, really neat, you know. And, and the fact that I got to go so hard against you was unique in these one versus many. Right. Uh, what else do you like? Um, I, I like the miniatures in it. They're <clears throat> kind of fun, right. except for the broken one, you know. I think the production is, is incredible. Yeah, it looked really nice. You know, um, you didn't have to glue them, did you? No. Yeah. See. No, I got tons of these this these miniatures and stuff, and they there were oh, all these so many. I it's know. almost a little overwhelming. I'll tell right. you that. Right. This but that's because was... you got so much extra. <laughs> this box came came while I was at Gen Con. I mentioned on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so funny because I you know I got this box and it's probably one of the largest boxes of games I've ever had delivered here, and it was just one game. It was huge. It's yeah. <laughs> Um, I like the unique theme. I do. Yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, it is humanity versus the demons or versus the evil guy, evil army or whatever, but it's, it's got this future tech kind of aspect to it that gives it a little bit of a shadow run kind of feel. And it, you know, you remember shadow run crossfire. Mm -hmm. It gives it that kind of feel This sort of like, you know, this, you, you just like using laser swords and laser guns and, and yeah, stuff like, like that. And ordering that, orbital strikes. and, and that, Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. That satellite gun right. or whatever, you know. That's, that's super cool. To not have to run into the building right. that's on fire and still be able to attack yeah. what's in there. That's that's a good feeling. Right. And, you know? and, the, and the idea of having a hospital that you can run into and get wounds back. Right. Or a church and get rid of some corruption and stuff like that is really it neat. It had a very video gamey kind of feel to it. Right. Which is kind of fun. Right. Um, the last thing I really like about this game, the one thing I'll mention, you can mention something else if you like, but I really like rolling giant wads of dice and you just do in this game. You just do. Frank rolled 10 dice yeah. versus the avatar and I rolled seven in return. Yeah. 17 dice were rolled. Now I don't think the game comes with 17 dice to roll. I think it comes with 10 total dice, like five for the good guys, five for the bad guys, but... 
I've got a Kickstarter version of it, so I've got a ton of extra dice. But they sell those extra dice not as a dice pack. Uh, they sell them in the boosters. That's how I got them all, is all the little extra team boxes kept coming with a couple dice. Yeah. So I ended up with a, quite a pile of dice for each player to use. Well, and I like I like having specific dice for mm-hmm. games, but I also I like that uh that exploding dice. Right. Isn't that fun? It's nice. Yeah. It's It's like... You could do even better if this right. lands this this particular way. You get to you know roll a bonus die. Right, I love That's that. That's pretty cool. I love that version of of a critical hit mm-hmm. because you know everybody knows the twenty sided die with the twenty side up is the critical hit, and then you do double damage or you whatever know, you damage do, yeah, and a half or whatever. Uh, the exploding die is used in other role playing games as well, where if you roll the maximum number, you get to roll again and, and add that number in, and that becomes part of your success score. This one's just really fun at how you get an entire extra die now of result, you know, potential result. And it, it you heard it a couple times in the clip where it just explodes out and it becomes, it makes, it adds more excitement. Again. It does, yeah. <clears throat> um, so what do you dislike about this? All the names Are you of the at my notes? no, no, I'm not. I, well, I looked at them, but no. <laughs> Um, the names of the characters, and this is really petty. Are but, you talking about Thorley? Well, okay, Thorley. No, that's just, that's plain. I don't like that at all. Oh. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking, you've got your acolytes versus your avatars versus your ab- ab- abominations. abominations. <clears throat> I didn't care for any of those. Like nothing. When you say, well, you're going to be fighting the acolytes. Do you know what pops into my head? Nothing, because I don't know what that is. Oh, what's an acolyte? It's like a like sort of you know when I oh, really yeah. think of acolyte, oh. I always think about like monks in training, or acolytes. Is it where they were nuns? No, they, that an acolyte in this game was just sort of like a minion. You know, not a demon, but a minion of a demon is an acolyte. Okay, well then, I mean, it <clears throat> takes somebody who's not into whatever. Right. You know. Is that a role-playing kind of thing? Is that where they came from? Or is that some sort of... No, that's a real thing. Acolytes are like priests in training. They'll be called acolytes. So like a historical fiction... Like a scholar, but not a teacher. Okay, there's just some genre of something (laughs) that I'm not into where they talk about that stuff. Okay. Same thing with with like the abominations. Right. Is it an abominable snowman? What is... Technically, abomination just means not normal. Uh. (laughs) That's really what it means. I know that we've... We give it more, uh, that, that has biblical com- connotations where, you know, they, they try to make it, you know, more than just not normal, but not mm. normal is technically the true definition. Not normal in a, in a unholy sense. Usually. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and you know, maybe that, maybe cause I'm not a biblical scholar. Um, I did not do well in that class. Right. In college. Oh, <laughs> that guy did not like me. Oh, um, but I, I, I don't know, I guess cause you're, it, I like the techie part of the theme. I did not right. like the religious part of the theme, I guess, because I'm just not... It's, it's a little I'm not grim. I've learned enough in that area. I have no idea what they're talking about right. on some of that stuff. And I didn't like the descriptions of, you know, just call it a, a slug monster. And I can look at it and go, <laughs> okay, that's the slug monster. If they call it like, slug demon rather than sloth, would you like it more? I think I would, because I would be <laughs> able to look, just look at the board and go, okay, that's who I'm fighting. But you're like, well, attack the acolyte. Who am I attacking? The nun. Okay, just say nun. I didn't say that. I never told you to do that. Well, I'm just <laughs> if saying. If I told you to do that, it was a bad idea. Not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. You know it's, what I'm it, saying. They so, don't, the titles don't really tell you what the heck you're talking about. They tell about. me nothing about what I'm playing, which kind of <laughs> is, uh, oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? 
it, it makes you feel a little more excluded from the fun as far as that goes. Really? Because you, f- I feel you like feel an idiot. Separation from I feel it. stupid oh. for not knowing these terms. You know, yeah. it's kind of like it's overwhelming to like. I wouldn't recommend this for. A, well, we'll get to that later. But oh, I can't recommend it to a new gamer just for that alone. Oh, take it easy. You, you know? know what I didn't like about it? What? Uh, I didn't think there was enough difference between the actual sin avatars themselves. So you have this big creature, yeah. and it plops down on the board, and it's the exact same creature. I've got seven different models that are all the exact same creature. There's nothing special about They're any of them. They're all slug monsters? They all have seven points of damage, or seven seven damage, and they all throw seven dice against you. Do they all look like slugs? No. Oh. But they are, they're they're different sculpts, but they're essentially the same thing. It could just be a square cube, and it'd be the same as designating each seven of them. Well, then it'd be called a gelatinous cube. Well, I'm just saying. Isn't that what it's called? (laughs) Was that a D and D thing? (laughs) Did I get it right? Okay, good. I'm saying that that there's no designation between them. Like when an avatar hits the table, it's really a special moment, and it it gets that gets the blood pumping. But they couldn't take the time to give them any differentiation between them, other than the sculpt. They're the same thing every time. Mm -hmm. The exact same creature. There's no difference, and... and the entire armies are just the same way. The only difference is, is there's one global effect. Like in my case, if you started, like if you moved, I could mark you or something like that. Or if you started a fight, I could mark you and then you would move one less space next turn. Mm -hmm. That's what was going on with, with sloth. But that's it. That's the only thing that makes sloth not pride, you know? Right. That's, that's what's, I think there needed to be more differentiation between them. Now, granted, they get their own little card deck of effects but i went through those and and there's a little difference very little that kind of supports that global kind of thing i just expected a little more difference on the models themselves other than the sculpts mm-hmm. um what else didn't you like about this <clears throat> um, parts of it were a little confusing i got confused on the uh on the corruption at yeah. one point like i i thought it was I literally at one point thought, well, okay, I've taken two points of corruption and I now have these powers. I didn't realize I had to take another point to get those previous powers. Right. Like I thought I just, okay, I've done it. So now I've always got these two until I move back down. No, it's a one shot. I thought that's what the balance was. No. Was you can choose to move back down, but then you lose those powers. No, you, you, you're just taking more risk. I get that now, but I didn't get that at one point. I didn't get that at the time. And I I think I might've cheated, cheated accidentally. (laughs) I'm sure. Stuttered on that. (laughs) I am sure you cheated. (laughs) I didn't mean to. Here's the thing. Here's another thing I don't like. I still lost. The corruption is a bit confusing because you do, uh, we did miss a rule concerning that where you're supposed to, when you take corruption damage, you have to actually put like little corruption tokens down, blocking some of those benefits, you know, filling up that track. Oh, that's what you're supposed to do. Okay, no. And I we never did that. No. Nope. Uh, the story, I think, could be way stronger. I think about like games like Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, and I think about the story in this game, and the branches are okay, but it really has very little to do with your action. You just sort of, you're going to kill tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, in this one, it was like, hey, kill stuff and take city actions to get gear. Okay. Then kill stuff. Okay. Then kill the certain stuff this guy said to kill. Okay. That was the story of this one. Yeah. See, I've never been story driven. So that doesn't bother me. And I mean, there are the the variant ones are a little bit more story driven, but I mean, it's not much. I mean, it's very thin. You're mostly buying a miniature game here with a certain setting and theme. Yeah. You know, and going through like a quick upgrade 
system to try to get you know as the game escalates your characters become tougher and by the end of the game hopefully you run across the finish line before the enemy stops you mm-hmm. is kind of what it's like so what is there anything else you wanted to say how would you play this with three players no we uh, play it with three we each shed two what, or with four players i guess four players each person gets to have one three players one person has to play two no three players okay so i had two frank right. had two right but if there was four players, it'd be you plus, oh, because we just put all the characters out to begin with instead of it's bringing them in as they die? It's four people in the game. So one person's playing two characters while each two other people so, are playing yeah. one character? Right. That's, that's flawed, in my opinion. Oh, yeah? I don't like that. Oh, yeah? I don't like that. Fine, you don't have to like it. Well, why do you get to play <laughs> two characters and I only get to play one? I because one I'm a turn. better player than you. Par- apparently. <laughs> don't die till so quick. <laughs> But, Don't you go dying on me. <laughs> but then if you had five and everybody gets one, okay, that's fine. Right. Except then if somebody, if you die and you replace one of them, then it's going to be an elimination game. Like at some point, because you have to get down to like. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there can be player elimination in this game. Well, no, because you'd still have the four. Because once the fourth one is killed, then they're all right. dead. Right. So never mind. Never mind. So it's a max of five players. Right, basically. I think so. It's okay. five. That makes that makes sense, but two to five. Four is not a good number for this game. Yeah. Three was fine. Three there was go. good. Three works perfectly. Nicole, how hard is this? How hard is this? I think game? it's pretty hard. Are you kidding? I it, because of the terminology. Really? And what are you giving this? And the details. I'm gonna give it a five. What? Seriously. Not to mention the fact that I would never, ever, ever, ever play this as your whatever you did. I wouldn't be that person. The sin? I'm not going to be the sin. No. It's not that hard. I, 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 I disagree. I find this on the same level as about like the D&D adventure game, to be honest. Oh, well, okay. That just changes my story. Well, I'm saying no. like Wrath of a Shardalon. No, it's way harder. I think it's about the same. No, I think it's harder. Because uh, I think that the sins player is going to assume the weight of the rules and the players don't have to try as hard. Right, but I would never play the sin character. Right. So that part already. So you you're saying if a non-gamer, person... I'm saying to teach it to a non-gamer. You're not a non-gamer. You're a gamer. I know I'm a gamer, this. and I screwed up on the rules, and I was confused <laughs> through part of it okay. too. I was confused with the with the corruption. <clears throat> right. I was confused on. That's fine. Like, you can call it a five. It this is, is not. <laughs> this is so crazy. I was the whole time. I don't. I kept waiting for you to take your turn, and I guess it never even really clicked in my head that you, you're you taking your when you would take your turn, you weren't really taking a turn. You were just reacting to right. stuff. Never clicked in my head until I listened to the the playthrough of it. <laughs> I didn't realize that's what was going on. That's what I was. Is that doing. stupid? God, I'm like out of my mind lately. No, that's the coolest part of the game. Is I don't I react to you. I'm completely on defense the right, whole time. Right, but that's crazy, and that's confused. That was confusing to me. I know you kept expecting me to take but a I'm, turn, and I don't. I may be a gamer, but I'm really kind of a dumb gamer. <laughs> no, you're not. How dare you? Stop insulting you. What? I have fun. <laughs> All right. I just gotta do what I'm told. Sometimes this is one of I those. I feel games. like honest truth. I think that uh, as far as learning this game, it's not that tough. And I think that teaching it wasn't that tough. Like, I think about, like, a five, which would be Dungeon Pets, is nothing like this. Or Mage Knight, the board game is a five. It's nothing like this. I would give this, I'm not kidding, I'd give this a three. Uh, Oh, you're crazy. You even screwed up the the board. Remember? The fire? (laughs) There was a fire out in the corner where no one ever went there, because why would you? There was, like, a, a, there was supposed to be, like, a, 
subway or something or an extra oh no 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 that's what i messed up i messed up a uh the jump thing where you could move from this space to that space with a subway token or something right. like that i mean we missed like two or three different things and you think this is a three i still think it's like a three yeah i think you're crazy i think i crammed for it and i barely got it to the table because i was like doing other stuff work yep <laughs> i still say it's a three okay. what would you give this out of five for four like i said there right. was just a little bit of it that was kind of fiddly and and but the excitement factor right. made it really fun to play I, 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 I had a really good time but getting there with it was a little uh. i think the kickstarter version of this is definitely a four because mm-hmm. i got tons of options i got tons of game here now if you were to buy the game off the shelf I mean, you wouldn't have near as many options. You have one team of yeah, faith and you, you have just, two different sins to pick from. But you just said that there's not even that much difference between the sins, so... Right, right. But I mean, as the sins player, you get to choose between one of three acolytes and one of two sins is what you get to pick. Yeah. Mm. I'm still going to say it's probably a four. I, I'm going I'd four. say high four on, uh, on the Kickstarter four. version <laughs> and low four on the other one, <laughs> but still a four. You're so funny. Four either way. So there you go. And Nicole, guess what that means? What does that mean? That means we're at the end of another Tabcast episode. Now, we hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) We do hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we hope that uh, you guys enjoyed the rest of your holiday season. We're going to come up uh, the rest of your holiday weekend, at least. If you're having a holiday weekend. Or if Uh, you're listening to us in the middle of summer, just have fun. Right. Go now, outside, enjoy the weather. Re- we are going to return in another couple weeks with another episode. Until then, we ask that you like our pages on Instagram and Facebook or follow us on Twitter. You can review us on iTunes. You can email questions or comments to talkaboutboardgames at gmail.com. Always uh, remember that you can join our guild by visiting talkaboutboardgames.com and clicking the forums button at the top left. Uh, if you were a member right now, you could actually join the list of games... Uh, Join in the list of games that depends uh, on your group to make it fun. That's the current one. Do you understand that? What'd you say? I said you can join <laughs> in and listing games that, that depend on your group to make it fun. Oh, it depends on who you're playing with? Right. If Whether it's fun or not? That's our current list on the uh, on the guild right now. Got for it. The next episode. Right. Uh, in our next episode that includes that list, uh, we will be playing our final game of our current 5 for 5 series, Warhammer Qu- Quest, the adventure card game. Thank you so much for listening. Him a face next oh, turn, hopefully. Yeah, you're the boys have been die. blacking my avatar, are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I'm just that was gonna... a pretty good Hank Hill voice. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, crazy.